this is me. I, I think I was talking to a girl. Who was it? And they were like, yo, they said, yo, I love Vlad. But Vlad, they said, Vlad on the Breakfast Club, he going to let you know he rocking that designer. And I'm yeah, like, you know, that's you, true, you, too. You, you know what's funny, right, is that um, I, uh, like I wore that on the Breakfast Club, and I'm like, oh, okay, but, you know, the little, the, the, the button-down, you know, uh, whatever, the, 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 the polo, the polo-type shirt. Okay, like, I haven't worn those in a while. I'm, I like this, right? So then I have an interview that's about to drop uh, on Monday, tomorrow, with uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., right? How'd you pull that shit off? They approached us. Really? Yeah. So, so I take a picture with him, and I'm wearing, like, like a, a polo button-down. And people like, see, this is how Vlad dressed around white people. Around black people, he'd be wearing like his little hip hop costume, whatever, right? So then I do an interview with Boosie wearing a button down, <laughs> yeah, yeah. wearing the polo. I'm like, all right, ain't no one more prominent in the black community than Boosie. So y'all yeah, can't on, say right? that I'm fronting around, you know what I'm saying? Like, but nah, it's nah, just nah. like, you know. No, no, no. It, it, that wasn't even a conversation. Like, the, the person was telling me, they were like, yo, they're like, yo, Vlad, like the cool uncle that he gonna let you know he got that shit on. Like, <laughs> like he's he's wearing it. Like, like one of those, like, yo, he's wearing it fresh off the mannequin. Like, yeah. yo, he's seen it in the store and exactly like, yeah, how it looks. Like, yo, give me the whole fit. <laughs> yeah. Yo, welcome to another episode of Off the Record Podcast. I'm here with my guy, okay? Yeah. Uh, Low key, I think I gave uh, yo. I ain't gonna lie. The last time I was on your uh, your platform, mm-hmm. obviously, by the way, we're here with uh, DJ Vlad of Vlad TV, Big mm-hmm. Boss CEO, my guy. Hey, I felt like we had an amazing interview. Oh yeah, still running right now. Well, I think it's running. I think he's my best interview on, on the uh, yeah the platform. It's definitely up there. He told the whole whole yeah. invasion story and everything else like that. That one went viral. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, and by the way, I followed up with that too. There yeah. was like more follow ups. I don't know if like the prosecutors were like keeping up with the timeline. I was getting like mad because, you know, obviously I'm the victim. I know Vlad wouldn't tell, but I told, okay? Well, I didn't tell. I didn't get a chance to tell. But anyway, uh, like apparently all those dudes, like, like grand jury indictments came back. Like basically, there were, it matched the exact release schedule of your videos. And I was almost like, is somebody like the prosecutor office like, yo, yo, let's keep pushing this case forward because they're talking about it in the press. But I'm like, nobody cares about what's well, going on. No, man. no, no. But this is a real thing. Because I remember one of my security guys is NYPD, right? And he tells me, like, active NYPD, not retired. <clears throat> and he really told me that the chief of police will come in and say, okay, this case right here is in the news. This case is in the news. Really? This case is on the blogs, whatever. Let's, let's follow these. And the other ones, well, we'll just put them on the back burner for now. So the, the, the police force closely monitors the media to see what they should focus on. That's a real thing. I've been getting so many updates. I mean, updates <laughs> like, yeah, there's so many hearings scheduled. Like they're letting me know what's going on. And I was like, for a moment, it was just like, Hey, listen, these guys are charged. We're going to definitely pursue it. But like, we're kind of in this waiting period. And I was like, all right, well, they're already locked on some other stuff. But after that interview came out, I'm getting like massive updates. Yo, Hey, listen, we have a here and here. We're gonna extradite him now. Like this, it's kind of crazy. But um, yeah. Um, that's a story that I, you know, I remember. Maybe I don't remember what time when you came here and you told me your story, and I was gonna share it, but I didn't want to, like, you know, uh, number one, I didn't want to number one step on your story, but but as well, I was kind of also trying to trying to figure out how I felt about. How uh, uh, putting that information out? Yeah, because you know sometimes even putting that information out, some people might be like, 
you look vulnerable. Or, you know, for some people, they're wishing the worst for you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, I kind of told it a few times on my stream, and I was just like, yo, fuck it, let me just give the whole story. And there we go. Yeah, it came over well. I mean, you know, went over well. People took to it. And I think people related to it. Yeah. Uh, ever since then, man, Vlad, it's been a week for me, man. <laughs> By the way, again, I saw my man Vlad on Twitter, which I was like, yo, Vlad, listen, I would have been okay even if you didn't even, I'm not saying you put your neck on the line, but like, you, you spoke up for me. You yeah. were like, yo, hey, listen, I don't like the narrative that, that's going on with academics. Like, yo, he's a guy who's really selective in whatever issues he responds to or he's picking on certain demographics. That's just not true. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it, it got, that response was based on Queen Latifah jumping into the conversation. That was odd to me. Yeah, that was, that was a little weird. And, you know, Queen Latifah pulled out the Malcolm X quote of, you know, the black woman is the most disrespected uh, person on the planet. Now, she's not mentioning the person in her own community, the gay man who's threatening to rape you. That's just brushed under the table. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And she's focusing on you talking about women when 95% of the time you've talked about men the, and you've gone just as hard. I mean, you know, when you told me that you had Freddie Gibbs baby mama and, and or future baby mama, yeah. you, you were like naming the baby. And I was just like, wow. The baby like, was just born is, just now, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Congratulations, Freddie Gibbs. He and, hasn't showed um, up yet. And fit mommy. Yeah, he hasn't showed up. You know wow. what I mean? No, it's Destiny Creams. Oh, that's her name? It's, yeah. Destiny Creams. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Hey, <laughs> But, but here's the thing, Vlad. You know, I realize a lot of times in media, I've learned to, um, when I first started media, and you tell me how you take this. When I first started media, I was really like black and white, and I was just like, hey, listen, you know what? If people are talking about it, it's not on me to really add context, or it's not on me to balance shit out. It, it just is what it is. And I felt me being a part of the media... I wouldn't be able to notice some of the things that other media outlets do in the sense of, because I'll be thinking I'll be doing it too. For example, the female blogs, Hollywood Unlock, The Neighborhood Talk. Mm -hmm. By the way, I had Jason Lee here not too long ago. I like Jason Lee. He's cool. Yeah, I'm about to do his show in a few days. Exactly. He's done my um, show as well. They have an audience that's just very different than what our audiences. We have a lot of primarily male, yeah. hip hop focused, you know, 20s to 40s. That's what our like demographic usually breaks down to, right? And um, once some, anytime I'm brought up on like the Shade Room, Hollywood Online, Ball Alert, the Neighborhood Talk, or these other female centric blogs, they never mention the entire story with me. Right. Now, if somebody says this, and I'm, I'm a fair person, I like to be, but I'm logical and fair. If someone says, you know what, I think academics are just a hateful motherfucker. He hates on everybody. You know, I'd be like, you might be right. Hey, listen, <laughs> I don't call it hate, but like I kind of get my pain on everybody. Right. They have twisted the narrative to only showcase and highlight me talking about a few women mm -hmm. And their issues in rap, and they act like I just sit here and be like, hey, let me just celebrate all the men. And <laughs> right. that's the thing that I've been trying to, like, it, it was so crazy. Everyone was saying, yo, academics is never, ever, talk, he's never going at a male rapper like that. Like, it's just I, crazy. 
Me and little baby was DMing addresses to meet up and fight. Right. It's little baby, the biggest rapper in the fucking world. Right. How does nobody know that? Nah, I feel you. I came out and said it. Nah, I feel you. That that was the point of my tweet. And and it got a lot of, I don't know, 300,000 impressions or something like that. You know, it wasn't like like my Drake tweet. But I mean, it was, was, you know, pretty prominent. And a lot of people chimed in. And, you know, certain people picked it up, like No Jumper and so forth. But it's like... You can't, as a woman, you can't ask for equality, but then want special treatment at the same time. Doesn't go that way. You deserve equality. Everyone deserves equality, including women, including, you know, every race, every gender, trans, everything else like that, sexual orientation, religion, all that. But that means that sometimes you have to take the the bad with the good, you know? And oftentimes, when a woman does something sideways, in the business and you respond to her about that in terms of the business context, the response is you're attacking a woman. Yeah. That's the response. You're attacking. Oh, look at him attacking a woman. Don't speak on women's business. No, we're talking about music business. We're talking about entertainment business and we're allowed to speak on that. I started off by commenting on the sales of the city girls. If you know, I've had so many interviews with people and especially artists I seen Yadi and J. Cole talk about it recently, but Yadi has always been like Yadi and Russ, they talk to me about this a lot privately. They said, Academics, you are one of the most prominent figures in music that have made that first week number the talking point for so many artists. No, what no, well, well, that's no, always and, and, been the talking no, no, you're, point. You're right. but, but, like, it's I, always I, been. Way I, before we were alive. No, no, no you're right. But, but, but at least in this time. In this time. Okay, like, fair like you know, okay. I'm always like I'll go on my way to find somebody's first week numbers, right? And I'll make it a headline. And I, I guess the point even bigger than that was just to say, well, I do it for every artist. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you know, Taylor Swift is selling 1.6 million records this week. That's kind of crazy. We should talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not bashing her. I'm, I'm saying, how the heck is she doing this? Right. Hey, Bad Bunny sold 200,000 records first week, but he's going crazy globally. Yeah. Drake sold 400. Like, again, I talk about it with all artists and mostly men. Yeah. But when I critique... Right, and by the way, I'm the same person who has clowned Quando Rondo for selling three thousand, um, Lil Reese for seven seven hundred and eleven records. Yeah, I've clowned everybody. Right, I talk about the city girls, but and then now I'm a woman hater. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, <clears throat> there's a, a female rapper that had gone out of her way to diss me a bunch of times, and I remember when I looked up her record sales. She sold like sixty five albums of her last album. Sixty five. Sixty five. I'm just going to keep that in my back pocket in case she starts to run her mouth again. Wait, 65. 65. <laughs> y'all could do them. Y'all, the internet detectives out there. Think about a female rapper that's going out of her way. I know. Wait, wait. Don't say it. Asian doll. Gotta I'm not be saying doll. it. I'm not saying it. Gotta be Asian doll. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't know it's Asian doll? <laughs> because <laughs> I have maybe, a lot of you. Maybe, maybe not. For whatever reason, I was on her page recently. And, and, and I just seen like, yo, she's promoting that OnlyFans like it's going out of style, man. Hey, man. Like, <laughs> you said it. I mean, I don't know. Is it? Is it not? I don't know. Internet detectives need to uh, look it up. <clears throat> but certain female rappers sold 65 albums. That don't even cover the studio cost. <laughs> what I've realized, you know, I had a lot of talks even with Joe Button about this while, you know, while I was at Everyday Struggle. Mm-hmm. Because we all do comment on the same things. Yeah. Right? Like, if, you know, we might have different opinion, but if Megan Tory's a story, we're commenting about Megan Tory. Right. If it's 
Big Zoo and Nikki and Cardi and Offset, we're all talking about the same thing. Right. And, I, and, you know, Joe told me something one time, and, and I've been wondering, is it because of that or is it other things? They said, well, it's your tone. They said, well, when they, when they clip a video of you on stream, you yeah. seem so passionate. You're shouting this and third. If you're shouting at a dude, it doesn't sound bad. You mm. shouting in relation to a woman, that sounds horrible. And I've thought about it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, is that what it is? Because even, even like, even the scissors situation, they really have it. Like, they think that I hate these people. Like, I really don't even know them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I think it comes down to women want special treatment. They've gotten special treatment their whole lives. Men cater to them. Fathers treat daughters different than sons. You know what I'm saying? And it's part of the fabric of society. So when someone criticizes them in a similar fashion as a man, they're not used to that. And suddenly it's like, how dare you say that? I could call you a bitch-ass, broke-ass motherfucker all day long, and that's okay. But how dare you say my record sales are low? How dare you say that? I'm a woman. Treat me like a woman. And I'm just saying, like, yo, equality. Keep it equal. I hate selective politics. And Young Thug's girlfriend, um, her name well, is Mariah Scientist. Scientist. Yeah. She basically actually said something really good. And it was about, um, I thought it was really good. It was about the sexy red situation. I said, hey, listen, sexy red, with all due respect, I know you're probably used to dealing with a certain demographic of guy, but like you're now rising up in the ranks. People are taking advantage of you and exploiting you. They're also embarrassing you and also using the fact that you're a regular human that has sex and all these other things. They're using it to shame you and try to come up off you. You have to probably up your standards. And that's a, that's a, that's actually a critique for anyone who's in this game and you're kind of doing something, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I say that and I'm like, yo, hey, listen, she, she just got to stop fucking with the bums. And I'm talking about dudes, right? Like, I'm stop, stop, stop fucking with the bum-ass niggas who got ankle monitors on that live in their mama's crib. <laughs> yeah, people thought it was Boosie, by right? the way. He said, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> hell no. So I, I said, yo, she got to stop fucking with those type of guys. They ask Mariah the Scientist about um, Sexy Red uh -huh. and they quoted what I said about her. I thought what I said is pretty like positive towards hey I'm trying to look out for you, you know, you know what um, you know what Mariah scientist says, hmm. academics need to shut the fuck up and mind his goddamn business. Yeah. So when I when I heard that I said well all right, well, uh, just to let everybody know, my business is actually minding your business. Yeah. <laughs> I am the media, so. I'll talk to you, but my response to her gathered a lot of people to say, oh, I hate women again. And, and you know what I said yeah. to her? All I said to her, I said, hey, listen, Mariah the Scientist, I'm, I'm going to tell you what they say behind they say behind closed doors about you. And I know what they say behind closed doors about you because they all talk to me. You're the pretty face that wasn't that talented that made it. You're the pretty face that dated Yachty. Oh, she young Yachty. Doug. Oh. You... We're with Tory Lane's label. Yes, she dated Yachty first. Yes, I didn't, I didn't know that. And I said, your talent wasn't really ever it, but you're oh, you always had a nice little face card. No one ever thought you were that talented. But you're now dating Young Thug. You know what they're also saying? Is she really dating Young Thug? Young Thug's in prison. 
Well, I mean, I understand that they had something. She just going. put out. A, she just put out a message saying she'll never leave him because he's the one. Yeah, let him get twenty five years. We'll see. <laughs> you know, she's young and pretty. I'll give us six months. So all Max. I said to her was like, "Hey, listen. Since you're telling me to mind my business, it appears that your business seems to be young thug. I'm covering his case consistently." I'm looking every day in the courtroom while they're picking jurors. It's been happening for six months. I've never seen you in the gallery one time. That didn't go over too well. Everyone's like, why are you picking on her? I'm like, so she could say anything about me. Man, listen, on a daily basis, I get told a hundred times a day to stay out of black people's business, stay out of women's business, stay out of hip hop business. Stay, How do you handle that though? Stay out of America's business. People want me to just cover the Ukraine conflict, and that's it. <laughs> this really? is what I'm told. I should only be covering this and nothing else. How do I handle that? I ignore it. Who the fuck cares? How, you're not, you're not going to tell me who I'm supposed to talk about and who I'm not. Fuck y'all. Eat a dick. Honestly. At the end of the day, I'm going to cover whatever the fuck I want to cover, and I'm going to keep covering it, and there's nothing you can do about it. And if you want to gaslight me and, and say, oh, what about this or what about that? This is what people do. You, you say something that's very poignant and starts to get a lot of energy, the first thing people say is like, well, how come you ain't talking about this? I've talked about the Ukraine conflict. Mm. In fact, uh, when I did the, the interview with, um, with Shirley Jew for Variety magazine, it started out talking about the, the Ukraine conflict and how I felt about Putin and everything else like that. Because that article, I probably can't go back to Russia. You know what I'm really? saying? I've talked about that. I have a Ukrainian flag in my Twitter profile because I was born in the Ukraine. I've talked about Israel and Palestine, right? Yeah, As a Jewish person. Outspoken. To the point where Drake has now had to say something. Yeah. That's Still true. waiting for Khaled to say something. But Drake, the biggest rapper in the world, made a statement after I made the noise and everything else like that around that shit. And I'm glad that he made a statement. I have talked about all the shit that's close to home. And I will also talk about hip hop. And I will also talk about, you know, the black community and the white community. <clears throat> you know, the Italian community. I cover, you know, all the mafia stuff as well. I'm going to talk about women. I'm going to talk about men. I'm going to talk about gay people. I'm going to talk about trans people. I'm going to talk about everything. And there's nothing anyone could ever do about it. Yeah, th that's people sometimes realizing when they can't get you out the way. They try to limit the scope or they try to yeah. galvanize other people to try to turn against you by saying, why is he involved in this? By the way, the Queen Latifah thing, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you why it was, it was so disappointing to me. You know, as time goes on, like, you know, I, I could sit back and even though I think a lot of people realize that, I think I told you privately, but, but I think the word's out there now. When I said the Dusty and Bro comment about, like, you know, hip-hop pioneers, I was talking about MC Shan. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. I, I've known and, about this. And, I haven't and, said anything because it was a private conversation. Exactly. And, and, and I think if, after he disrespected Nas, I was like, okay, okay, let's put this out. Like, he does look Dusty and Bro. Come on now. I mean, like, he has no teeth. <laughs> I wasn't lying. He right? has no teeth. I've interviewed Shan before, and he's a legend in what he does, even though he dissed me afterwards. He's still exactly. a legend in what he does, but you have no teeth. So, so here's you have the thing. no teeth. Let's Listen. just pause for a second. No, you're right. You have no teeth. That that is a series of bad decisions over the course of decades. I have a friend who's my age who has no teeth. Right? How? Drugs. Oh, yeah. Cocaine. Wow, cocaine gets rid of your teeth. Jeez, I thought cocaine goes through the nose. How can it bust your teeth up? It's all part of, you know, I mean, listen, usually when you oh, do cocaine. cavity type shit. Well, if you do cocaine, you usually don't stop at cocaine. 
You know what I mean? Oh, okay, it it okay, probably okay. encompasses a lot of other stuff. But, yo, we're the same age. He has no teeth. He took his teeth out at lunch. It was shocking. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. He was gumming it? Well, he put his teeth back in and, and ate the Jeez. taco. <laughs> you know? Hey, so after I said that, you know, I could cognizantly say, you know what, um, I do want, I, I've never wanted people to think that I was just some some youngster who disrespects the older people or the history of hip-hop. That's not what I am. Mm -hmm. It's the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. The reason why my family's life has changed, the reason why my life has changed yeah. is because of hip-hop. Like, right. like, I'm not here just thumbing my, like, just middle finger to everybody. No, that's not what it is. But I also do like to try to invite people to have the conversation with me. Mm -hmm. I was disappointed, uh, at least with that. There was a few people who called me, flexing a few other people, but the majority of people just commented on a clip. None of them said, hey, let me reach out to this guy. If he's prominent enough to have a voice, let me reach out to him to hear what he says. Same thing with the Queen Latifah thing. I pointed out, Queen Latifah shooting her new TV show downstairs hmm. in this building. Wow. Okay. Queen Latifah lives in the town that I live in. Yeah. And those things, like, again, I guess those they might be just coincidences, but I look at it and I'm like, hey, Queen Latifah, I'm also someone you could have a conversation with. Because what she reposted was a, a post by my son, who already has an agenda. He doesn't like me. Mm -hmm. And my son is going to put everything in a perspective that he could try to galvanize as many people to try to ride on his bandwagon to be like, yo, academics is a cancer. Let's cancel him this and third. And, you know, I'm always disappointed by those situations because when, when a loud and, you know, historic, and I, I would never even disrespect Queen Latifah for even reposting it, but I'm like, if, if if you feel passionate enough to repost it, why wouldn't you have a conversation with me? People don't want to have conversations. Why not? They just don't. They just don't. Like, for example, Art of Dialogue. Um, I thought they have, you know, I've always said they have good interviews, but their thumbnails are specifically designed to fool people into thinking it's Vlad TV. It's the exact same font. He doesn't put his name on it. And if you look at his older thumbnails, it says Art of Dialogue, but he purposely doesn't put it on there. And I've mentioned it a couple of times. And I remember he left a whole comment saying, Vlad is just jealous. Nobody in the world has ever confused <laughs> my thumbnails with his. Is that true? I mean, I, mean, I have. I've, I've, I've thought, I've like, there's a look to a Vlad TV yes. thumbnail that I'm like, yes. oh, if the guy's sitting here, it looks like this background and it's formatted like this. Oh, Vlad just interviewed him. Yeah, exactly. And also, especially when you have guests that kind of like cross, you know, right. crossover, he, of course. Exactly. He's like, oh, and all his uh, backgrounds are uh, drum sets, which is not true. It's not true. Yeah, no, I know it's not true. It's not true at all. You also have the... Shoot, I ain't gonna lie to you. We got this from you, my man. He's building. We're building a couple movable yeah, backgrounds because exactly. you have a bunch of different. We have backgrounds. a bunch of movable yeah, backgrounds. Yeah. We film in all types of studios, yeah. you know. And he's like, lots of people use this font, and he's just jealous. So I saw that comment, and, and we have a person in common. And I'm like, Who, who's the person behind that? By the way, his name is Art. His name's Art. <laughs> yeah, oh, Art okay. of Dialogue. Art. He's a dude. I think a Spanish dude from Texas or something. Really? Yeah. Is he the one that he's the one that does the interview? Yeah, right? exactly. He seems passionate though. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I have no problem. We post. I, his I heard you. I heard you speak about him before, but it wasn't anything derogatory. No, it was just like, yo, like, like you're, you're. I just don't like how it it fools people into thinking it's our shit. So he did this whole like comment when I did um, 
bomb first and it was like yo you know Vlad's just jealous no one he's the only one that's saying that that you know people confuse it when you just have, have admitted that you've mixed them up yeah, yeah I've, I've, and uh I've, everyone I've, and by the way and, and i'm not just saying it because you're my homie or whatever yeah. by the way i don't know him it just looks well. so similar i've been on stream and i've been trying to reference an interview and i said yeah. no no there's a vlad interview and i've gone to your page can't find it yeah. and then just do a general google search like I, i'll tell you this there was a greg caden interview yeah, I thought you were the only person I ever interviewed. Yeah, other people have interviewed, right? Yeah, they're and, then, and then and right. then yeah, and then I found it there too. So you exactly. Know? So look, he said what he said, and I'm like, okay, we had a person in common that knows both of us. I said, let's have a conversation. Reach out to him and say Vlad wants to talk to you. Let's have a conversation. You know what his response was? Well, I don't want to talk to him. Uh, you know, this company feeds my family and Vlad saying derogatory things really hurts us and I, don't, I just don't want to talk to him. And it's like, I right, well, fuck you too then. At that really? point, it was like, all right. Because what I think is, is that if he gets on the phone, I'm going to tell him to stop doing what he's doing and he doesn't want to hear that. So he's just not going to talk to me and just going to keep doing this shit. Well, this is what would confuse me. I could understand, like, I've seen a lot of copycats when it comes to me, Right. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to tell someone in the beginning stages to stop um, copying you but because they're thinking, motherfucker, you got the winning formula. You got the, 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 the yeah. secret crabby uh, patty formula. Yeah. I, you're making a lot of money. I want to do it to make a lot of money. Sure. Usually at the point that I step or I'll, I'll speak to another uh, content creator is when I'm saying, hey, listen, you already got what you got going on. Like, like you yeah. know, hey, listen, I, I make Donald's you Burger King. It's fine. It's fine. You, you, Let's distinguish what we got different. Exactly. All and I'm saying is put Art of Dialogue on the thumbnail. He literally doesn't have his name on the thumbnails. He literally has nothing. It's just a font that looks exact, with the exact same font that we use and no branding of your own channel. And you're going to tell me that I'm just tripping? Come on, way, man. Fuck out of here with that. By the way, I think Fuck what's also with interesting with, with even you saying that and for maybe the audience that doesn't know, because most of your interviews are conducted off camera, yeah, there's a few brand specific things. Obviously, your voice is probably the biggest one, but there's a few brand specific things that identifies to an audience, right? That's a Vlad interview, yeah, right? And those things are what's gonna make someone click, right? right? And I, I'm surprised he wouldn't, he wouldn't talk to you though. I was surprised he wouldn't talk to me because my whole thing was look. I probably have some guests on my show that you'd be interested in, and you have some guests on your show that I might be interested in. Why not work together if we're in the same space? Maybe, and, and you know, I've always said this about you. I think this is your, probably your dopest trick. I've never seen you look at anyone, whether it was me. And by the way, you know, before we ever talked, I, I was wondering, maybe not necessarily you, but I thought everyone else would just see me straight as competition. And you were the first person to say, not fucking competing. Yo, yeah. I got resources I can help you with. Maybe he's competing with you while you're not in, in, in like, your mind is not thinking about competing we, with him. We post his clips, his YouTube embeds on VladTV.com. Really? If we had sort of any animosity towards him, we would never do that. We have certain people that we never post. He is not one of them because he has good content. But the fact that he wouldn't get on the phone with me was on some, I right, will fuck you too then. At that point, like, all right, now, now we're going to have, I'm going to have conversations like this publicly because you don't even want to get on the phone with me, which you don't have to, 
But at the end of the day, like I'm actually saying, all right, like I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out to you. Let's, let's have a conversation and you don't want to do it. Let me play a little bit devil's advocate. Do you think maybe, and and I don't know how those conversations went with him or how you initially put out, maybe thinks you're trying to bully him into doing a format or changing up his content, even if it's just a thumbnail. And he's like, no, this guy Vlad wants me to do this. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I think that's why he doesn't want to do the phone call. Because he doesn't want to tell me to my face that, no, I'm going to keep tricking people into clicking on my videos thinking it's yours. And I don't want to hear the response when I tell you that. And and that's that's fine. That's his choice. No one has to talk to me. But my whole thing is, like you just demonstrated, there's been lots of times you've clicked on his shit thinking it's my shit. And this is happening thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of times a day. And it's a little bit annoying. You know what I'm saying? I remember a couple of interviews I listened to. It starts off like, all right, here we go. That, that's how I start off every interview. Yeah, like, sure. come on, man. And by you, the way. You got to use my intro line on top of that? Like, hey, come on, man. I feel like this is at a high level. <laughs> well, well, I, I think this is a hip-hop level conversation of what, if anyone, and in, 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 in hopefully I'm not dating certain people here, but like 2008, uh, American Gangster. this is, this is uh, Nikki Barnes has that conversation with Frank Lucas. Yeah. Right? No, no actually, no, it's Nikki Barnes and someone else. And no, 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 it's Frank Lucas with Nicky Barnes. And he basically says, hey, listen, he's like, yo, what I have right here is blue magic. He's like, this is a brand. It stands for something. When people see it, they fucking buy it. He says, I don't care what you sell it as. You could sell green magic, red magic. But what I got here is a brand. It sounded crazy because he told my drugs. But he was basically saying, granted, there's no copyright infringement in selling drugs. But he's like, as respect, as a man. Yeah. When you when you start to infringe and start to also act like you have blue magic, you're now stepping on my toes. Right. And we're going to get into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's pretty much a conversation you're and having. And now we're into it. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm publicly saying it and I'm being a little more aggressive about it because you don't want to even have a conversation about it. I mean, look, me and WAC 100 had a conversation for the first time in 10 years. Really? Yes. When? A few days ago. Um, um, well... I think, honestly, I think you were holding up that conversation. Probably. Because he had said certain things that, and, you know, you're a man of principle that went over. Like, you know what I realized about Wack? He loves, trust me, he he knows how powerful everybody's outlet is. Mm-hmm. And for him to be ostracized from yours, he realized that you are better off as a friend than an enemy. Or better off as a friend than someone uh. who is just ignoring him. Yeah, I mean, look, we had, uh, you know, a situation over the phone 10 years ago, right? And ever since then, I've just separated myself from him. And, you know, he said a few things, you know, his name have come up in a few interviews. And it, it got to the point where we were supposed to interview game and things just ended up falling apart on the day of the interview. And... He was involved somewhat in the booking of that, but he wasn't all the way involved because of our situation. And after that happened, I had realized that he had actually texted me like a few months before. You know, I think it went to my spam folder or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just hit him up. And he was like, yo, are we going to do this interview? And I'm like, okay, let's just get on the phone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we had our first conversation in 10 years. And, he, and he's talked about this on, on you know, I'm not... He, he's mentioned this on a clubhouse, which is okay. why I'm mentioning it. I'm not like 
Oh, dope. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mention this publicly if he didn't already mention this publicly. Yeah. But but basically, we got on the phone, and it was like, my first thing with him was like, look, we could talk about what happened 10 years ago, and we could say who did what, but at the end of the day, we have made millions of dollars since then. And that situation has not affected us in any type of way. You know, I made mistakes in that situation, you made mistakes in that situation. But to sit here and start to argue about it is a waste of everyone's time. And I actually have some business to do with one of your clients. And he was like, yeah, I feel you. He was like, you know, and he says, like, really, this is more you than me. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Uh, I'll take that. And then we just kind of laughed. We, we cracked a few jokes and it was like, all right, cool. And then so, so we started making plans of doing some business. And he even said, I think on Clubhouse, he's like, yo, I'm not going to get in the way of some business. You know, and I, I think the fact that I, I also, you know, I think the fact that our conversation focused on actual business and money being spent and everything else like that brought a different level to the conversation. It wasn't like, okay, I want you to do me this favor. And, you know, we had some bad situations, whatever. It's like, nah, like this is business. Money's going to get spent. You know that I do good business. You know, I know that you do good business as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, although that situation from 10 years ago didn't affect us, but I do think that us not fucking with each other all these years, we've all, both of us have lost some opportunities from not being able to work together. That's you know, right. I mean, obviously Blueface is a very viable artist. You know what I'm saying? Obviously Game is a very viable artist in terms of our platform. He, he rocks with you. He, he really rocks with Adam. He's got a show on Adam's platform and me and Adam are friends. Yeah. You know, we just talked, you know, we just texted today. So it's just like, yo, we're around the same people. We have shit, you know, I'm sure he has artists that he would like to get on Vlad TV. I think he's even mentioned that before. No. Nah, you know what I'm saying? He, got, he always got an artist. Yeah, he's always got an artist. He's a very, uh, you know, viral type personality, you know, in and of himself. I'm, I'm glad you guys had a conversation. Yeah, and it was really <laughs> like some real grown man type. I mean, I'm 50. I think he's in his late 40s. It's just like. What are we going to do? Argue with each other? Are we going to talk tough to each other? Like neither one of us is like scared of one another. You know what I'm saying? All of us have security. All of us have money. All of us, you know what I'm saying, are older, have families. It's like, you know, like it's not about whatever bullshit it was in the past. Everyone's older and more mature. And I think everyone's happy to be in the position that they're in. So, you know, I, it, from, from my point of view, and I think from his point of view, it felt good to actually do it. No, no I'm, I'm very happy about that. Yeah. I'm very happy about that. Hey, by the way, speaking of which, and I, f I feel like I usually play my cards like I'm not the person. Like I, I do, I've learned to play poker, but I kind of usually put my cards on the table. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know where my relationship at this point. Um. I think I think I'm gonna say, um, I think I'm gonna say with like with Charlemagne and and like uh, Envy. I didn't really have a, and I'm gonna tell you why. Number one, like the last time I talked to, I was supposed to have Charlemagne on here like a million years ago, but <laughs> Charlemagne showed me like a new function on the iPhone. Like he unsent a few messages. I didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> How you unsent a message in iPhone? That's was crazy. But also, um. I also start to think because usually this is my mentality. I usually have a off limits type of thing for media personalities situations. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Vlad, you got something going on at your house. I ain't on my business. Go handle that. I'm not going to be dragged in like, Hey, did you see what happened to Vlad? No, I'm not. that's not me. However, this envy thing, 
the the whole envy Caesar Pena thing. I think everybody has kind of covered it, and I think if if I didn't talk about it, I would almost look crazy. Mm-hmm. And I've made comments. Nothing. I don't think anything that's ever really said, like you know, yo, envy, you're a fucking scammer. But it's just like, hey, listen, there's some shit that was going on here that wasn't probably on the up and up. Like, there's a lot of victims. And um, I don't know. I, I, I'm wondering. I feel like there might be. I don't know if me doing that there might be a little bad blood. Also, Jason Lee came up here. Mm-hmm. Jason Lee hosted the Breakfast Club for a week. Mm-hmm. And he had, he he said to me, say, act, they invited me to do a week up there. Yo, you know it would be really dope if me and you did the week together. Mm. I said, really? I said, I said I, I'm down, let's do it. I said, run it by them. Yeah. Never heard back. <laughs> Never heard. So, so I don't know also, which by the way, I get it, because like it's such a personal thing with the envy situation. Um, I don't really know the whole thing to it, but like, you know, I'm also covering this whole situation with the uh like a seizure guy or whatever. And it's, it's like, I, I don't have too many nice things to say. How do well, you treat a situation like that? Okay. So I did a feature on envy recently. I seen it, right? The car feature. Yeah. Right. And, and a, and a short interview uh, on top of that. And, and then they invited me to the breakfast club. Um, from everything that I have seen, I mean, look, you could say what, which, whatever the internet says about envy but he's not being charged with anything, right? So if he really has been doing any wrongdoing, he'd be charged criminally, right? Because Caesar's being charged criminally. He is not. Mm, I'm not sure if that would, that's the truth. At the point that he's charged criminally, then then that could be a different conversation. But right now on this particular date, he is not being charged no, no, criminally with no, anything, no, right? No, no. You're right, but that doesn't mean that maybe he wasn't privy to or did anything. It could be, hey, the feds have done a deal with him. It could be, hey, he's cooperating. I mean, his well, lawyer he, is, he is cooperating. Yeah, the lawyer, his lawyer literally said he, that. He is cooperating. Right? It's not an if. It's it's he is cooperating. So so and, so, so, and from what I he he told me and what he actually said publicly as well is that he got scammed as well. He invested money that he never got back as well. And I agree with that too. I, I, I guess where you know, and I don't know if he, again, I don't know what he's seen, what I've said, and I don't even know if he's really that that much in tune with my pain about it. I do feel like there is a debt owed, and maybe not financially by him, but let's be honest. Listen, I used to listen to you know I got into the game by watching a few motherfuckers. I remember watching, I remember watching the Breakfast Club when you were on there. Like I don't know if it was your first appearance, but it was like 2013 or 14, and like you, mm-hmm. you were breaking it down. I remember you, you you dropped a gem, which was just priceless at the time. You were like, "Yo, if you motherfucking do it, if you if you're an artist, it's about consistency. That's what. Yeah. It's, if you upload every fucking day, yeah, in a year you'll see some progress." And I was yes. like, "Yo, he's on to something." Yeah. And I've watched the Breakfast Club for such a long time, mm-hmm. and I guess what we're what I'm saying, even if Envy didn't know. The reason why the majority of those people got scammed is because they trust the Breakfast Club. I, I think that Envy's mistake was being in business with someone who ended up being what appears to be a criminal. You know what I'm saying? that That's his mistake. You know what I mean? You could have had a very legitimate business, but if you were partnered up with Bernie Madoff, you're, you're going to be viewed a certain yeah. type of way. And unfortunately... Um, you know, I don't I don't know how that relationship developed, but you know, 
in retrospect, I'm sure Envy wished he had done a little more due diligence on this person who he is on camera with and saying that he's partnering with on these like flipping New Jersey seminars and stuff like that. No one's ever saying that. Did that, you invest last? What's that? Did you invest? I remember you, you and uh, in, in some what? nigga named uh, Jay Morrison back in the day was. was, was I, I, didn't, I didn't invest in Jay, with Jay Morrison. No, no, no. no <laughs> but you and him were like arguing about real estate versus stock yeah. market and all you that. Know, you know what's interesting shit. about the Jay Morrison situation? Yeah. Since you mentioned it, I'll go ahead and say it on camera now. If you watch that interview, because he was pushing this whole. Um, it was called like this Black Wall Street type, like, oh, invest in Jay Morrison, take a piece, you know, buy a piece of this business and you'll own a piece of this like real estate empire that I'm building and everything else. He's like trying that. to do like some black grand card don't you? By the way, your grand card don't interview recently, snocking. Thank you. Snocking. Thank you. But let me just finish. So in the interview, he was like, Vlad, are you going to buy shares in this? And I said, no. He said, why not? I said, well, because. Unlike stocks, you can't uh, offload them very quickly. Because I said, how do, you, how do you sell them? Oh, you have to go to your friends or family or something. I'm like, okay, you, you know how that, that's going to go. Ain't no one going <laughs> to buy your Jay Morrison shares from you, right? He goes, well, I'll tell you what, Vlad, I will give you some shares. I said, word? He goes, yeah, I will give you some. I will gift them to you. This is on camera. So after the interview, I'm like, all right, let me go get my free shares. We reached out. <laughs> well, in order to get those shares, you have to do five Instagram posts and you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do I'm like, I ain't doing none of this shit. This is bait and switch. Oh, you trying to get I'm you like, this, this is classic bait and switch. This is classic wait, wait, bait he, and switch. Was he scamming too or no? I don't know about that. I'm not saying, I'm not calling anyone a scammer. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, is that on camera, you're saying you're going to give this to me, and then when I go to collect it, you're telling me, no, no, you also have to do all this other stuff. Okay. And it's like, this other stuff you're asking is worth more than the actual shares that you're it's, told me you it, get. So, it, it, man, it's like I'm the good. classic scam where they call you and be like, hey, you've won a million dollars in a cruise, but to get the cruise, go you to need to seminar. pay 500 bucks. <laughs> you need to pay 500 bucks. Yeah. To do something else, right. and then yeah. you're gonna get entered in the final winning. You're like, yo, come on, bro. Like, how am I paying money to get the money that you said I want? What the fuck is going uh, on? That's what I'm saying, man. So, yeah, no, I, I didn't invest in Jay Morrison. Um, you know, I have my own investments, I invest in stocks. Uh, and, and let me ask you a question own. because I've heard this question too. Mm -hmm. and I don't know how much you know about the Caesar Pena. Um, I, I, I hate uh, even calling it DJ Envy, but, but, but this is what people have said to me. They said, they say they just, I'm quoting, right, air quotes. They just hate when the black man is doing it. They said, Grant Cardone does the same shit, but he's applauded for doing it and called a billionaire. And when somebody from the community does it, they call him a scammer, like Cesar Pena and all these other people. Okay, so, so Grant Cardone, our last interview focused on his lawsuits. Yeah, I, 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 I see the one, one lawsuit he had, which was for like ten thousand dollars. He spent a million. Was that he spent a million? That he spent a million on was dropped, and a couple other other ones were lingering. And I asked them about those because they're like, "Oh, these people signed up for this monthly service, and now they're having to like go in their credit cards, and they can't afford to pay." And he goes, "You sign a contract, you have to honor the contract, right?" You know, Huffington Post that wrote a whole article about it. Because if you sign up for $80 a year for Huffington Post and a month in, you, you say you don't want to do it anymore, you still have to honor that whole $80. That's the nature of it. I'm not aware 
of anybody getting scammed by Grant Cardone. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like taking money and blah, blah. And then suddenly like they don't know where their money is and whatever else. I'm not aware of that. If I was aware of that, then yeah, I wouldn't have him on my show anymore. But, but honestly, he has a much bigger operation than a Jay Morrison or a uh, Cesar Pena or whatever else. And I'm not aware of people um, being ripped off by him. So you could go ahead and use that color argument all you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like for example, when I, I made a tweet about how ridiculous it was that Burna Boy turned down $5 million to do a show in Dubai because you can't smoke weed there, right? And people like, yo, a man went to prison in Dubai because um, he got hurt and when they did a blood test, they found marijuana in his system and now he's in prison. Wait, and I looked up the article and of that same man, cause I did a, a Google search of him and it's like no charges. <laughs> are going to well, be pressed on this guy. So wait, a lot on. of it is, bu- is bullshit. Wait, why did you think that the Burner Boy situation was ridiculous? I, I, I'll throw some other facts in it. Burner Boy, um, because he's a, at minimum, arena artist in the U.S. Right. And he does stadiums. I went to him to, to his concert at City Field. Mm-hmm. He's grossing and he's probably getting five mil mm-hmm. or close to it, maybe like three, four, even in the United States for a performance. Okay. Granted, five mil for us is a lot of money, but to him, it's another show. Five, five million for any human being on this earth is a lot of money. Okay, five million dollars for Jeff Bezos is a lot of money. It's still five million. Yes, compared to your total net worth, it may be a small percentage, but think about the people that work for you, your family. You know, donations you know, building schools, like like five million goes a long way. It's still $5 million. Now, if he just doesn't want to do the show because he doesn't feel like working and he wants to relax, that's fine. But to say I'm not doing because I can't smoke weed for 24 hours means that you're an addict. That's okay. how I see it. You're a fiend. Okay. Five million for 24 hours, do the show and leave. I was just in Dubai for a week. I didn't smoke weed all, all week either. For Who real? cares? And I've been smoking weed probably longer than Burner Boy's been alive. You can't smoke weed in Dubai? No. You could drink in Dubai, right? Of course. But you oh. can't smoke weed. Really, the whole Middle East, you can't. Yeah. So, so no weed, no cannabis? No weed. Wow. None. Why do you eat weed so much? Man, listen. In Dubai, Dubai is a special place, man. It is not America. It's run by a royal family. There's no free elections. There's no free press. Um... I learned a lot of very interesting things in Dubai. Like, for example, we went to a restaurant. It was a Michelin star restaurant. It was a high-end restaurant in this, uh, it was in that hotel that kind of looked like a sale. Um, you know, this huge high-rise hotel at the very top was this beautiful, you know, restaurant. So, you know, we ate at the restaurant and, you know, it was a big meal, so we couldn't finish it. And I was like, hey, we'd like to get this to go. Mm-mm. Can't get it to go. So I'm like, well, can I speak to the manager? Like, sure, no problem. Magic comes over. I said, yeah, we'd like to get this to go. I'm sorry, but but in Dubai, you're not allowed to take food from certain types of restaurants home. That's just part Why? of that's just part of the rules because in case you get sick or whatever else. I'm like, well, that's weird because at my hotel, you know, I mean, I was able, he goes, I was able to take it home. He goes, yeah, because you were staying in the hotel. If you were staying in this hotel, I could move it to your room. But since you're staying at a different hotel, I can't let it go with you. In Dubai, if you do not 
wash your car regularly or if you get into a car accident and you don't fix it up, they will come take your car because you're basically showing Dubai in a bad light. There's a lot of very specific rules. Remember that girl? She cussed out like a, a rent-a-car drive, you know, rent-a-car uh, employee or whatever else, and it was on camera. She got put in jail because you're not allowed to publicly insult people in Dubai. They will mm. lock you up for that. This is not America. It doesn't matter. They can come over here and do that, but you can't go over there and do that. It's a very respectful, family-oriented type of business, type of a company, business company, kind of the same thing. I mean, good type of country, sorry, type of country, where like premarital sex is somewhat illegal. You know what I'm saying? Like they're trying to promote families, children, monogamy, you know what I'm saying? Like mm. that type of thing. It's, it's, you know, it's based on Islam and, and everything else like that. And although it looks like a Las Vegas, it is not. Mm. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, a lot of very, very set rules that are very different from Western society. And that's fine. That is their thing. So you just have to be aware of that. So the fact that you go over there and you can't smoke weed for a day, and that's why you're turning it down, is crazy. Now, if he said, listen, I'm, I'm tired. I've been touring. I don't feel like doing Dubai. Sure, no problem. I have no, I gotta, no problem I with that. I imagine he was being a little bit facetious. But, 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 but. I don't think so, man. He's, his name is Burna Boy. I mean, <laughs> you know. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's silly. And, and, and people were like, he's standing on his principles. Principles of doing drugs? Like, yeah. what the fuck kind of principle is that? You know, these days people like, got the the, the the most stupid sayings like, yo, he's standing on business. Wait, the, the business of losing money? Right. Dude, like, what you you don't on? understand. He's African. Africans don't like money? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's five million. And I remember I said he, at one point he's going to regret that. You know what I'm saying? At one point, nobody is high. It might, might be for a while because he's making a lot. No, and it might be 20, 30 years from now. At one point, be like, damn, man, I could have had an extra five million. Who doesn't want an extra five million? A billionaire would like an extra five million. I agree. Five million is still five million. You could buy a mansion in most places on earth for five million dollars. If not for yourself or someone you care about. Nah, that's definitely true. Hey, did you see uh so today there was rumors that was floating around that Joe Button was jumped. Yeah. He came on and he confirmed. Yeah, he got punched. Even he, he got punched. Yeah. Now this comes days after where he was out with a female friend and he says he was confronted by the Caesar Pena, the flipping NJ bro- guy. Brother. Brother. Yeah. Right? And um now we hear about him getting assaulted and he's admitting it. What did you think about that? Because you're not on the best of terms with Joe anyway. Uh, well, let me let me say this. And and to put it in context. Joe has threatened me on everyday struggle. We have not had the best oh, relationship, everything else like that. And I'm going to say that um, I felt bad that that actually happened to him. And I, I hope that ultimately he's okay. And hopefully this will be a wake-up call to sort of move a little bit differently, you know, with security, because it sounded like he, he was just there with a girl I heard or something like that. I, I took absolutely no pleasure in hearing that Joe that Joe got uh, assaulted. Um, and, and and that's just that. You know what I'm saying? We're older now. I mean, I, I heard an interview he did on this one podcast 
where he said, uh, I watch Vlad TV clips. You know, like if I want to see Sammy the Bull, I'll watch Vlad TV. You know, me, him personally don't um, really rock with each other, but, you know, I respect his work ethic. I respect the, the, the production of what he does in the same way that I, I respect uh, academics or Charlemagne or whatever else. I thought that was really dope, you know, for him to say that. And um, honestly, I'm hoping, because I think on an interview with you, he said he wanted to do an interview on your platform yeah. with me and him. Yeah, he, he, he's a, let me tell you this. I really think the only thing that has stopped the you and Joe really having that real conversation that needs to be had, and you, by the way, I, I think you guys would probably have it off camera first, then on camera. Mm-hmm. I think it's ego. Well, I think it's his ego because I'm open to do it. Mm. I'm open to do it. I mean, like, we're older now. I'm 50, he's in his late 40s. We're both successful at what we do. And I think ultimately what Joe was upset about at the time with the whole ransom situation, if you fast forward to 2023, this would have been standard issue. (laughs) This would have been something that people blinked at. You know I mean? I think at the time it was very shocking. And oh my God, like... I'm, you know, he disses someone, I interview someone about him dissing them and then suddenly it escalates or whatever else. This is now happening on a daily basis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I, I think that everyone needs to take responsibility in that situation. And, you know, everyone did things that probably could have been done better. And as long as, you know, one person doesn't feel like the other person is like 100% wrong and they're 100% right, which I don't think is true on either end, um, I wouldn't mind having a conversation with Joe and, you know, just being, you know, just saying, listen, some shit happened 15 years ago. We've been going at it all these years. You know, he says some shit about me. I've just said some shit about him. He's done interviews that made me look bad. I've done some interviews with some of his exes that makes him look bad and blah, blah, blah. blah. But at the end of the day, all of us, both of us are, are still standing tall. Both of us are still doing well. Both of us have voices that are not going away. And um, in the same way that I had a conversation with Wack, I wouldn't mind having that same conversation with Joe. He may not be ready to do that now or maybe ever. Maybe at some point he is, you know, but like I th- we, can't, I, we can't just I jump into an interview. To it, but I do yeah. think that, you know, where Joe has positioned himself in the culture, it's convenient to be like, uh, fuck Vlad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I it. it's like he's seen as kind of like an antithesis of you. Yeah. So while he might not personally care anymore, like he, it wouldn't behoove him to be friends with you. you well, know we what don't I mean? have to be friends. I don't I don't plan on ever being friends with Joe, but that, that doesn't mean that we have to be enemies either. You know what I'm saying? That there's lots of people who I'm not friends with uh, who I respect. And like he said, that he respects the work that I put in uh, and put out, I respect what he's put out. I mean, you know, what he does, I feel is even a little bit um, harder than what I do because his stuff is based mostly on his personality. Yeah. He has very few guests on his show. Whereas with me, it's based on my guests and my personality is somewhat secondary to that. And, and I'm not on camera the way he is and so forth. So what he pulled off, I think it is impressive. And I've, I've always felt that way. I've never downgraded anything that Joe has done or whatever else. But, you know, a lot of times it was like, fuck Vlad. It's like, well, fuck Joe. <laughs> fuck Vlad. Fuck Joe. Fuck Vlad. Fuck Joe. 15 years later, fuck Vlad. Fuck Joe. Fuck, you know what I mean? Like, it hasn't gained anything for either one of us. You know, yeah, we might go viral for a day or whatever, but that doesn't 
really put money in our pockets long term. Like it just is what it is. And you know, him saying, "Oh, I want to do an interview with Vlad on you know on Academics Podcast," is like it just makes no sense to do that if we've never talked and True. gotten to a, a level of mutual respect where we kind of know what's going into in the same way that you got me and Emily Chopper on the phone together. And our conversation was a respectful conversation. So when we did our interview, it was a respectful interview. I didn't agree with everything that he said. I even brought in a video of a doctor commenting on some of the, the medical stuff that he talked about. And it was a very respectful video from that doctor. And it ended up being Chopper's biggest video, biggest interview ever. Just look at the numbers because there was all the drama leading up to it. And I thought it was really a, a very dope interview. But people have to be willing to talk to each other and not record phone calls and do a bunch of fuck shit and everything else like that. Me and uh, Poetic Flacco are cool again. Really? Yeah. What happened there? Because he was going hard at you, man. He was. He was, like, I remember talking to him. He was like, yo, Fly's taking all of my videos down, so mm -hmm. fuck him. And I was just like, man... Yeah, <laughs> that's not a that's not a war you want to really even try to fight. So so with Poetic Flacco, it was like um, he was putting up my videos and he was cutting off the logos, putting his own big old logo on it. And when I talked to Adam about it, I asked, listen, I know this guy works for you, so I don't want to strike his stuff. You know, he was like, OK, I'll tell him. And then Adam told him, he's like, yeah, when I mentioned to him, he was really angry about it and, and felt it was bullshit and it was something, something. It was a very negative reaction. And um, he had done some other sort of negative stuff about me since then. So when I saw another one of my videos pop up, you know, in, in my um, uh, copyright like page, I said, fuck it, I'll strike him again. You know, like if you want to keep this going, we'll, we'll keep it going. And then... You know, that, that made him even more mad because I think he got his whole page shaken down. So it was like a fuck lad, fuck lad, fuck lad, fuck lad, fuck lad. You know, and it kind of kept going on and on and on. And then, like, some people would send me some screenshots of shit that may not have even been true. Like, people, I think people were, like, Photoshopping some of the shit that he said or whatever else. And it got to the point where he did something that I felt was sort of over the line. You know, I mean, he started talking some shit about my family. Really? Right. So I, I called up Adam and I said, um, okay, look. I, I normally don't give a shit about this and you know people could talk or whatever else but I would never have someone who I employed full time talk about your family so I draw the line at this so you know if this is you know I can't tell you what to do I can't tell you who to employ this is your business whatever but we can't continue to fuck with each other if you have someone on your team that's attacking my family. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and I don't want to do this. You're my friend. And this is, this is hurting me to have to say this because I, I, I really like you and I respect you and we've done a lot of cool shit together. But, but I have lines that I draw. Mm. And I, unfortunately, I have to draw this line. He goes, well, let me, um, what if I get you guys on the phone together and I'll hold the phone so no one's recording shit or whatever else, right? And I'm like, sure, no problem. And we got on the phone and he was like, he was like, yo, when I did this, I really thought it was, I was trying to like come across as more of a, a peaceful thing, but I was could he see stuttering? He was kind of stuttering, yeah. <laughs> he was kind of stuttering, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But he wasn't, 
you know, he was like, yeah, no, I could see why you would take this this way, but I was trying to actually be nice about this, but like, whatever. And, and, and he usually this, has good and, intentions. Yeah, like the way he was describing it, and listen, whether or not I totally believed every single thing that he was saying didn't matter because my thing is, if you're, if at the point that we talk, if you're not standing behind your bullshit and saying, no, I didn't mean it that way, I'll take you for your word. Mm. And I feel like at that point, there's no reason if the person is not trying to escalate things with me further and they're saying, really, I didn't mean it this way. I'll be like, okay, cool. I will take you at your word. And at the end of the conversation, I said, I'll tell you what, even though he didn't ask me for it, I said, if you forward me the strike information, I will retract it for you. Really? And just recently, he forwarded me the information and I did the retraction and the retraction came through and I forwarded it back to him. Oh, and really? that was just me volunteering to show him that, and I said at the very beginning, I said, listen, had you and I met at different in a different circumstance, I would have been very supportive because I always support young content creators. From you, <laughs> to Charlemagne, to Adam, to Sean Cotton, to, um, you know, Hollywood Unlocked with Jason. Like the list goes on and on and on. Unless you are going out of your way to say, fuck Vlad, you know, whatever else, trying to, trying to come up. I was always supportive because I'm just older than all y'all. Yeah. And I've just been doing it a little bit longer. And, and you don't look at competition like us. Uh, and, and I don't look at competition. So, so basically, I was just like, you're not even asking me to retract this, but I'm going to do it anyways. And I retracted it. So if you notice, you haven't seen anything negative coming from Flacco to me. Yeah, no, no, he's been very appreciative. Yeah, man. And it's, that's the way it should be because ultimately, you're causing... You know, this, not him causing, but our situation is causing problems with Adam, who's not in the middle of this shit. But ultimately, since you're employing him, you are kind of in the middle of this shit. You know what yeah. I mean? You, you have to, as the leader of a team, you kind of have to set a leadership role in what you do. You know what I'm saying? And, and my thing was like, you've never seen anyone in my company attack anyone that I'm cool with. Because I just wouldn't tolerate it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like a boss has to be a boss. And like I said, man, when you got on the phone, it was just, it wasn't on some fuck you shit. It was like, no, nah, I didn't mean it this way. I didn't mean it that way. I didn't mean it this way. And I'm like, all right, cool, man. I'll, ta I'll take you at your word. I'll take it at your word. And, you know, unless I see something otherwise, unless there's a flip-flop that's the opposite of what we're saying, you know what I mean? We could all be cool and we could all... Work together. So you really only got issues with, with, with just one person, which is the, the art of dialogue person. I don't even have issues with me with him. It's just that I don't, you know, he didn't want to talk to me. And it is what it is. You know, I mean, there's also the Mark LaFlop Hill shit. You know, yeah, but he doesn't count in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, you still don't see yourself ever, like, maybe, like, doing an interview with, like, say, like, Troy Ave, though, right? I mean, the, the Troy Ave shit is, it, it's just unfortunate, man. Um, because Tax Stone, I, I, I heard I, your I interview consider, with I consider, Math. I consider a friend. I heard your interview with Math about that. Yeah. And, well, and you know, Math was so heated and spirited well, about well, I, Because cause I knew that I was hitting really close to home. I don't think anyone could have had that conversation with Math except for me. Because 
math feels so strongly about that and he has such an aggressive personality but but math um math knows what our relationship is i've always just had good intentions for math you know what i'm saying i've always said yo this is going to be the, the biggest dude out of battle rap he's going to be bigger than battle rap he's going to you know i'm introducing him to people saying that like you know what i mean as soon as his podcast popped off i was i was a guest on his podcast like math knows that i that there's nothing bad coming from me to him ever. So I knew that I could push him on the subject knowing that he's close to the situation on the banger side of things. And, uh, you know, it went pretty much the way I thought it would go. He disagreed with me, you know. He felt that Troy, that not Troy, that, um, you know, Taxstone was in the wrong. I disagree with that. And it just is what it is. And unfortunately, you have a person who's dead and a person who's doing, I believe, 35 years over a situation <clears throat> that was just about talk. It was just about motherfuckers running their mouth, which which is being done all the time with all of us. But no one no one has to die or have it turn into a violent situation. Have you talked to our tax one since the uh, sentence? Yeah, I have. No, since sentenced, um, well, we've DM'd each other. Uh, how's that? Because, you know... Yeah, I mean, you know, I told him. I, I think a lot of wind was probably taken out of his sail. Yeah, I mean, he's 35 years now facing. I mean, I told him that we're going to put out, you know, because I held on to that last interview for six years because I didn't want it to affect his jury uh, outcome, his trial. But after he's been sentenced, I'm like, all right, well, now, I'm, you know, I hit him. I said, hey, I'm going to put it out if that's okay with you. He's like, yeah, go ahead. So we put it out. I mean, you know, it didn't do huge crazy numbers which i didn't think it was going to do but it was like okay here's a glimpse into someone's life two days before their life is about to change because he got wow. arrested two days after that two interview. days afterwards yeah, two days after we filmed it you so you did that interview with him in new york right yeah yeah exactly and two days later because he because remember he had been out a year well a year passed from the shooting to him actually getting arrested yeah so no one knew everyone just thought well it's been a year. I mean, I guess it just is what it is. Everybody probably thought it was, it was over with. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, the Troy Ave shit, I mean, it's, it's I, I just feel like because of my friendship with Tax and my bad experiences with Troy, because, you know, Troy sent me a, a, you know, text message threatening me that I wouldn't play his music or, you know, have him on the show or some some old bullshit. I, I just, think he would apologize for that. I'm sorry? I think he would apologize for that. Would he? Yeah. I, I had Troy come in here um, the, the other day, and, and we did a podcast. Yeah, I which, saw by the way, With Wack, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, you know, you know, he's getting a lot more into the talk space. Shoot, we're actually in talks with him trying to see. He might bring his podcast you know, under the brand. Mm -hmm. uh, the Troy that used to do that... I think has a lot more respect for people in the media now that a lot of what he's doing is media. Yeah. And, you know, it, there was an arrogant Troy that kind of was walking around like, suck my dick type of energy. He definitely got humbled. <laughs> Life is definitely humble, Troy. Yeah, that's no... <laughs> I definitely think that has some There is no uh, gray area when it comes to that. Listen, man, like... When I say what I said about Troy Ave, based on my relationship with Tax and based on how I feel about the overall situation, because I, I still feel like Tax defended himself. I felt it was stand your ground. He 
protects or not as it's a New felon. York, though. That's what I'm saying. Unfortunately, it's New York, and he's a felon. He, he, he should not have had a gun. He should have just had security. You know what I'm saying? Uh, or maybe, you know, he should just had a fist fight and called it a fucking day. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's Somebody a lot invited me to Irvin Plaza recently, and I polite. <laughs> I'm serious. Right, yeah. No, I feel what you. concert was it? Was it Sexy Red? <laughs> that was Sexy Red, yeah. That was, it was. There was a Sexy Red sexy red concert that was going to be at Irvin, Irvin Plaza. Plaza. Yeah. And I know she's like really rising up in the popularity ranks. They're going to invite everybody there. I don't know what, what the new setup of Irvin Plaza is, but just hearing about it from, from that event, yeah. real small green room, everybody's locked in the same room. Yeah. No, it's New bad. York it's a, is a, it's a, is a place idea. where people usually don't see the people that they're into it with. Yeah. Yeah, you no, see, it's, it's a bad idea. No, it's a bad know. idea. But but I will say this, like, I don't have any actual animosity towards Troy Ave. I don't consider him an enemy. If I was ever around him, I wouldn't try to do something to him or have one of my people do something to him or anything else like that. It's not like that. You know what I mean? It's just like, damn, like, like my friend is doing 35 years over a situation that I felt that he had a major part in as the aggressor. You know Ooh. what I'm saying? Yeah, this is this is how I feel, and it just makes me sad, honestly, because, you know, like my, my friend is is in a in a cage for God knows how long. I mean, he's probably not going to be thirty five years, but it's going to be a big chunk of his life. I mean, he he could be Gillian Wallow right now, easy. Oh, he would have been Taxstone, easy. Would have been easy. He he before he got locked up, he did an interview with with Meek Mill. It was a great interview. Like, you know what I'm saying? And like... I'm going to be honest with you. The, the only thing I'm waiting for tax, and, and I watch his tweets a lot. Whether you believe he's innocent or guilty, I haven't seen the moment from tax where he explains or maybe he says, was all that shit worth it? Of course it wasn't worth it. Of course it wasn't no, worth I, I, it. Well, well, we're saying that. But yeah. but, but I, I think when, when you wrap the... Like, you do interviews like this. Mm-hmm. Like I see you uh, interviewed a um, a freeway Ricky right, yeah. and and basically when you were talking to him at the end of that interview, you basically you summed it up like fair. You were like so basically for every time every day you balled out, you pretty much served like three days in prison. Three, and, and and when you basically said that, it put it so much in perspective yeah. that even they just kind of admitted like. Yeah, this shit wasn't worth it. Of course. Listen, would Taxstone, would he have preferred to just, you know, let's just say he just got beat up really badly in Irving Plaza by Banger and Troy and whoever the fuck else was with him. And then, you know, got healed up and, you know, maybe people could talk their shit or whatever else, but he would go on with his career. Like, yeah, there's a little bit of embarrassment, but he wouldn't be in jail for the rest of his life. You know, not the rest of his life, but 35 years, which is a big chunk of his life. Um, you know, it's, of course he regrets it. He has to, he's human. You know what I mean? I mean, he did say like, my only mistake was bringing a gun in. And yeah, I mean, Taxstone's not a, not a soft guy. You know I mean? I'm sure he's gotten a lot of, lots of fist fights before. And uh, it's just, it's just sad. And then Banger is dead and he has a family. He's got people who love him. You know, like, like you could see the hurt in Matt's voice talking about that whole situation because he's connected to that family. I believe he took, who did he take? He actually took someone to 
the hospital to go see Banger after the shooting. Like, he's close, closely related to that shit. It's a horrible, fucked up situation over a bunch of words. Over a bunch of words. Oh, you're whack. Oh, you're soft. Oh, you're not a gangster. Oh, yes, I am. Oh, you're, you're horrible. No, I'm great. Like, ah, rah, rah, rah. Everyone, and everyone was doing well during that time. Taxstone, he was, he was rising. Troy Ave was hot during that time. Troy Ave, that was his height. Music-wise, yeah. Troy Ave is not where he was. Yeah. I mean, am I right? No, you're... People are not really checking for Troy Ave's music right now. The way they were back then. He was like one of the buzzing New York artists. And I think what people have to realize when you look at this Troy Ave situation is that I actually talked to Troy Ave about doing an interview. You know what I'm saying? But he was like, kind of like, you know, the Mike Jones. Back then, they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. Oh, yeah, you know, whatever. And then I remember his manager, um, the, the heavyset dude who, who died. Hovain. Hovain. I remember Hovain was like, called me a sucker like on Twitter, like during that whole time. Really? Because we had reported something about Taxstone. And I started reporting something about Troy Ave. So that whole crew was just sort of like, yeah, like fuck Vlad. Like, yeah, you know, he, he didn't put us on uh, back when we were coming up and now he wants to fuck with us. Yeah, fuck him. He, he a bitch. Like, you know, th- th- that was sort of the, the air that I was getting because we never did an interview. And, and I just want artists and just people in general to realize that when you're coming up, not everyone's going to fuck with you. And that's just the way life works, right? Like, I would, I would like to get on Good Morning America, but my star is not big enough to get on there right now. I mean, I did Pierce Morgan. That was kind of cool. You know what yeah. I mean? But it took the whole Tupac story to get that out there. Up until that point, Pierce probably didn't know who I was. But now I, I got a million views on his YouTube channel with this shit. And people have to start, don't hold these grudges because people didn't see your vision as you're coming up because you're not there yet. And, and if the other entity is bigger than you, then they don't want to necessarily take a risk on you and give you a platform when they have all these sure things that they have to focus on because that's what actually makes money. Mm. And people get to this point and they get this, they have this chip on their shoulder that like all these people that didn't fuck with them or didn't believe in them, now they're going to like shit on them. And that's just like the exact wrong way to go about it. And then, and that builds up the bitterness and the angriness and the ego and everything else of that. And it culminated in Irving Plaza, I feel. It's that whole, it's that whole mentality all culminating into this severely violent event where someone dies, someone's in prison forever, you know, for 35 years. uh, And and I think Troy is actually going to prison also, right? Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. At some point. At some point, he has to go to prison as well. So he, and, and he got shot multiple times. He got shot that night, and then remember he got shot in the in the Maserati not too long afterwards. Yeah, which I don't know if it's related or not, but it might be. Like you know, what I'm saying it's part of that whole same energy. And like I said, I don't hate Troy Ave. Like I don't. I don't have. If he was sitting right here with me, where you're sitting right now, I would not do anything to him. Want to do anything to him? It would just be like, man, like I'm sad about this whole situation. It it, it hurts me to see this happen to someone who I was close to. You know what I mean? Who I saw a lot of potential with. Like, I, I put on my platform. My audience loved him. We hung out. We smoked weed in Cali together. Like, we mm. talk. We, we, you know, the same people that didn't like me didn't like him. And the same people that I didn't like, he didn't like either. It was like, mm. you know what I'm saying? It was, it was like, 
Like we were, we were building a, a relationship and a friendship and now that's, that, that stopped. And, and it makes me sad how it went down, man. And, and I feel like Troy had a major role in that. And it, it is what it is at this point. And I think Troy thinks that it's more than what it is, but it's really just that. They both did. Hey, hey, by the way, I want to throw this story by, by you. Yeah. And the reason why is, I'm in disbelief over it. So Joe Smith, his wife, who's I just, now. I just interviewed him yesterday. Joe Smith? Yep. It's about to drop. I heard his wife is doing interviews. She is. Except, like, it was odd. They were like, hey, you want to interview Joe, Joe Smith's wife? And I was like, uh, I guess. They were like, hey, uh, well, she needs $3,000. And the whole time I'm like, I thought this whole like financial problems was just like a ploy to promote no, the stuff. It's not. Wait, the dude is broke? He made like $80 million. Okay, so so Joe Smith, and I'm coming off the interview, so I know the whole story. Because you know, I do a life story piece. Is he really broke? Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of, yeah. So Joe Smith was the number one draft pick way back when and during the course of his career when he was a number one draft pick yes in the entire league yes period over kevin garnett you know i'm saying over a hall of favor but but that's but that happens sometimes not every every number one draft pick you know works out and becomes superstars you know i'm saying like like kwame brown um was a number one draft he was well and you know ultimately he did well but he didn't turn into LeBron. And this is, I know Kwame thinks that I'm always, that I'm bashing him or whatever because of my relationship with Gilbert, but I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I, th- I think it's a, it's a fair assessment of you were the number one draft pick and you didn't turn into a Hall of Famer, which is, which is fair. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you were still in the NBA. You're still way more athletic than 99% of the population. You know, you made millions of dollars and you, have a, you now have a career based on that as well. And I'm, I'm happy for Kwame. I have, I have nothing against him, but... So, so Joe was the number one draft pick. He, he was with the Warriors. But Joe had played, he, he comes close to the record for NBA players that have played on the most teams. <laughs> He's played on 12 different teams. Yeah. And he had a 16-year career. Um, but he was always either being traded or he became a free agent and someone else picked him up. Sometimes multiple teams in the same year. But he's still getting paid. He's still getting paid. Okay. But, but he never got like this huge lump sum Paycheck. In fact, there was a whole situation where he was, um, was it, um, I believe it was Milwaukee, but I'm not sure. There was one team where they basically did this sort of like underhand deal where they paid him, they were going to pay him like $3 million a year for three years and with, a, with like an $80 million deal at the end. But it was like under the table. And when the league found out about it, like the fucking owner of the team got fined three and a half million. They lost all their number one draft picks for the next five years. <laughs> like it was like really? the deal was voided, everything else like that. So, so if you think about it, you got, you made 61 million, but you then have to pay your agent and your manager and everything else like that. So you chip five, 10% off the top and then you're in a 50% tax bracket. So really, you know, you're down to, you know, way less than that. At the end, he said he netted about 18 million. This is all over the course of about 12 years. Then he had a very messy divorce. He had gotten like, he had like four kids on the side. Really? <laughs> you know, and then like the last girl he had messed with sent a picture of him in bed to his wife. So his wife divorced him. He lost $3 million in that divorce. Uh, 
he started dating Moni Slaughter from Love and Hip Hop. She wrote one hundred nine thousand dollars with, with his checkbook to herself. You know what I'm really? saying? Yeah. So so it was a lot of a lot of bad situations were happening over and over again, and he's not playing anymore. You know, the, you know, he played for the Lakers at the very end, but then when the lockout happened, he didn't get picked up. His career was over. He tried to build a coaching company, you know, coaching kids. It didn't work out. He did something with a, he was on the show with A-Rod of like, like a fix my life kind of show where he basically had, he was had like 3000 in the bank and he was 157,000 in debt. Some real shit. Wow. Some real shit. And then his wife starts at OnlyFans. You know, his wife was a former uh, adult film star. Well, no, okay. Starts an OnlyFans behind his back. Before we get there, yeah. what is his spending habits like? I, I heard you talk, you did an interview with Gilbert Arenas, and yeah. he broke down, like, NBA's, like, NBA player spending habits. Because it, it still mind boggles me, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you're well off, I'm well off. But I don't think neither of us is saying, yeah, yo, we made, like, $160 million. You know what I mean? Some of these no. guys are, like, blowing through 150. Well, look, you know, you your your NBA rookie contract was like I think nine million over three years. You know, with the Golden State Warriors. First thing you do is, you know, he bought his mom a house. You know, and then he bought himself a mansion. You know, in the Bay Area, thinking he's going to be there forever. But then two years later, he gets traded. So now he has to sell a house, and he loses like a million on the house. You know, what I mean, because you're selling not at opportune times. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're having to move at the. You know, you know how these trades go, like. There was one of these trades where he found out he was being traded watching TV before a game. <laughs> you know, at the bottom of the ticker, it's like, <laughs> Joe Smith traded. It's like, Got what the fuck? Here. Like, that's some yeah. real shit. Like, this is not like a normal working environment where, oh, you know, we're, we're thinking about letting you go. You're going to get a write-up, you know. Okay, well, that you know. makes sense. So, yeah. so, so you, you get traded, he, so, he, so you're... You lose a million on losing, that. Lose okay. a million this, plus he had a Bentley and two Range Rovers and mm. this and a bunch of cars and you got a wife and you got a bunch of kids. You know, you got... I think three kids with his wife and then four side kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? So all that. Yeah, seven kids. Seven kids. Right? So now you got seven kids. Like, it goes child very support? quickly. He's playing child support? Of course he's paying child support. <laughs> he's an NBA player with a real salary, with multi-million dollar a year salary. Of course he's paying child support. And, you know, and then suddenly it stops. It suddenly just stops. And you're still a relatively young man. You're like in your, I mean, 16 years. He started, I think he was like maybe 20. He's in his late 30s. Mm. And you've so, got all these years left to live and you don't have a salary anymore. And you're accustomed to a certain lifestyle. So, so it, he, he real really shit. didn't know his girl started OnlyFans. So what happened was a year before she had started the OnlyFans, she didn't tell him. The fucked up part about it was that he said in the interview that had they actually had a conversation with it, he probably would have been okay with it. Because he knew that she had done porn before. And it was a solo. It's not like she's fucking a bunch of dudes. You know, she's doing solo stuff, whatever. You know, so he was like, yeah, he understand that, you know, money's tight right now. It's, you know, like. I seen her on my timeline. She was sucking the wild cock. Well, back before they met. Yo, she said the most ridiculous thing. I got to post it. As soon as I find the timeline, I got to post it. She says. She says, I got two body counts. One for my yeah, I heard that. For, for, for my porn name yeah. and one for like my real name. And I was like, Yeah. Yeah, she said that. That reminds me of Eddie Murphy. Are show. they together still? Well, no, he moved out. He moved out of the house. And they haven't talked. So that's real. That's real. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's real. He's in on it. He's not in on it. 
I talked to him for two hours from all types of different angles. In fact, I even played him the little Cameron clip and he was upset over that clip. He had never seen it before. Cause you know, Cameron was flirting with his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I played it for him during the interview. Damn, and he was uh, he glad was you fucked up, man. It's not fucked up. I mean, I mean, we're having a. He going through it. I'm having. A, well, it's a, but you know, you're. Doing I thought he was in on it. He's not in on it. Um, and, and what I told him though, which I think made him feel a little bit better, was that I said every relationship, every marriage is unique. Fuck what everyone has to say about this situation, because whether you want to, do they oh, have kids? No, they don't have any kids together. She Perfect. has a kid from a previous relationship, and he has seven kids. What do you expect dating a former porn star? Well, because in reality, a lot of people have said this, right? Like, mm-hmm. she is Mariah Mills with Zion. Bef- like, you know, that that's what that could have been. Mariah Mills and Zion would have turned into that, right? Where at some point, like, hopefully it doesn't happen, but Zion blows out his knee, Okay, now the NBA career is done. Like these guys, other than the NBA, which a lot of people don't realize why so many people, whether it's Paul Pierce or Houston at least, but like even Shannon Sharp, a lot of these sports guys go into broadcasting because legitimately they have zero market marketable skills yeah. that will continue to make a hundred thousand dollars after. No, you're right. Like you're it's right. like literally you go from like like for example, you know, obviously Shaq is making a shit ton of money from TNT, but like his last year in the league, he made like forty five million dollars. Like yeah, what, Shaq, you're right. And obviously these guys are on Shaq, but but, yeah. but 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 what I'm saying is that if your last year in the league you made forty million dollars, and the next year you make zero, <laughs> you make zero. Yeah, it, it is going to hit a little different. Course, you know what I mean? Man. Like I, mean, I think I, we're used to regular jobs where it's like you could look at your income from last year, and let's yeah. say you made X, you could be like, all right, even if on a bad year I'm going to make X divided by two, it won't be zero. Yeah, listen, you know, before before I became a DJ, when I had my own my own uh, company in the Bay, I think I made like three hundred thousand one year, and the next year I made zero. It, 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 the shit really? happens. Yeah. How? The dot com crash happened. Mm. All the companies I was working with suddenly went out of business, just just like that. It was very quick and ugly, and I had a house that I couldn't keep, which I had to sell. I was married at the time. I got a divorce. You know, what I'm saying I had to sell the house that we had just bought. Was a divorce kind of? Um, uh, did your financial situation of really? One hundred percent. Really? Because I had to go and get a regular nine to five job. And she I, looked and at I you hate, different. And I, and I hated it. No, it's not that she looked at me different. It's just that I hated it. I was driving like a, a hour and a half to work in gridiron traffic, and I got fired like four days into the job. But I was happy to get fired because I fucked that job. And you know the pressure of the finances and me realizing I was kind of with the wrong person because, you know, when you have, you know, in terms of relationships. They only really work if that person sticks with you during the hard times and is willing to put in the work during the hard times. In my situation, she was not. She was like, "Oh, she wanted the." She, the, the, she was like, "Yeah, you got to fix it." She won the millionaire Vlad. She won the millionaire Vlad, and she didn't have Damn. millionaire. She had thousandaire Vlad back then. You know what I'm saying? And and the thing is with this whole situation, why did I she have millionaire afterwards? No, she. It was it's a disaster for her life afterwards. Her life went spiraling downhill wow. afterwards. Unfortunately, you know, I'm not happy to hear that, but. That's just. The I know you're happy the last. Yes. No, I'm, no, yes. I'm not. No, 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 not, 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 not in the least. Not in the least, man. Because 
you know, I mean, you're, you're with a person for years and you, you, you care about them. You don't want them to do bad, you know, just because things ended doesn't mean you hate the person, you know? I mean, you spend a little bit of time hating the person, but we, we became cool after, after a certain point. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, yes, watching her life spiral downhill was not, was not cool. Um, you know, and, uh, like, but with him, this girl had been with him for, like, over 10 years. They got together in 2012, this is 2023. So they'd been together 11 years and she had been with him, rocking with him, trying to help him rebuild. And, you know, she had her own businesses that weren't doing all that well, but she had like a, some sort of dog business, some sort of a moving company and, and stuff like that. She was trying to hustle. She was trying to get her music, you know, going and whatever else, but they were actually rocking together and it was a real marriage. Um, and, you know, she did what she did. And to me, the biggest problem I had was the fact that couples get into arguments all the time, but she filmed it and it wasn't even live. She filmed it. He left the house and then she put it out, which to me was just foul. That to me was the, the his, really his, foul His part. reaction didn't seem like, like this is the first time they had that talk before. Or he's just no, a bad actor. No, he said he walked by and he saw that she was going through her OnlyFans. Her story's a little different, but from his story was... He looked over and was like, yo, is that you on OnlyFans? And then that's when it all came out. And then she was like, yeah, it is me. She had it for about a year. And, did uh, did yeah. you ask him how much money she, approximately maybe she was making? Like, why was I, she? I, 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 didn't, I didn't ask. I, I, yeah, I don't know if, yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't ask. That's odd. That's incredibly odd to me. Yeah, I still I think they're both in on it together. Honestly, man, they're not in on it. I saw another interview where, I mean, actually there, there was a part where he almost started to cry a little bit. Like it's, I, I could tell a hustle, man. I've interviewed over a thousand people. I, I could tell when someone's bullshitting, like all of the pieces were fitting together to this not being a scam because he also wasn't a public person like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he actually was, at certain times in his career, considering he considered a top-notch player. Like, he was... You don't pull in $61 million for just being mediocre for 16 years. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the fact that, that these teams are paying you millions and millions of dollars, you know, but, like, shit happens. Like, you know, he was there <laughs> with Latrell Sprewell when Latrell <laughs> choked the coach out. You know what I'm saying? And that kind of exploded the whole... Golden State Warriors, and that's when he got traded and everything else like that. A lot of stuff is just out of your control when you're in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? You don't think that your teammate's going to go choke the coach yeah. and then get suspended for 68 games? <laughs> like, Charles Brewer also infamously said uh, when he was offered like an $80 million contract, he was like, yo, this shit can't feed my family. Right, exactly. Never got back in the league. Yeah. Yo, it's kind of crazy how that, that dude just went broke. Wow. I thought that whole story was fake. No, it's not fake. It's real shit. Did, did you, I, I believe it. Did you reach out to him to to come to the platform, or we we have like talent coordinators, mm -hmm. like people that work with us on a contract basis, and they pitch stuff to me. So so one of my talent coordinators was like, "Hey, I got I got Joe Smith. You want him?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I want him." Like, of course. So yeah, yesterday. Wow, just filmed it. It'll come out next couple of days. Uh, clearly, you know the. The noise still hasn't subsided from the key for the arrest. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, it's, it's actually even bubbled up to where people are just flat out speculating if uh, Diddy will be maybe brought in on this. Like, yeah. you know, I see a lot of people, including uh, 50, who clearly says, 
yo, this is the play to get Diddy. Or he'll just say, yo, brother love, like, yo, like, yo, you really lined up Pac like that. Um, you know, you've done amazing journalism on that. But I want to talk to you really just from your opinion. And even though your opinion is probably going to be based on some facts and your research, mm-hmm. I just want to hear from you. Do you think Diddy had anything to do with that? It wouldn't surprise me if he did. Like, really? Because if you look at my interview with T.K. Kirkland, he was very close friends with Eric Von Zip. They lived together at one point. Who? T.K. Kirkland and Eric Von Zip. No fucking way. Yeah. Yeah. They had a house together. They were like best friends. Oh, he going to be called a stand. Well, no, no, not necessarily. And according to Keefe, Zip was the one that provided the gun. Not sure about that. But the million dollars payment for Pac's murder was supposed to go through Zip. Zip and then handed over to Keefe D. And the story is, was that Von Zip got the money and kept it. Now, in my last interview with, you know, and we've talked about this before, but I wanted to like, let's just put it all out there. My last interview with TK that's out right now, uh, I asked him, have you seen Eric Von Zip and Keefe D hanging out? Absolutely, lots of times. So we've now established that that's a real thing. Have you seen Eric Von Zip and Puffy hang out? Lots of times. Do you think, is Eric the type of person that would get a million dollars and keep it? He said, yeah. I said, the rumor is, was that he took the money and started a club. He goes, yeah, he started a club <laughs> right around that time. <laughs> it was called Von Zips or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it was in Harlem. Like, so that was the story I heard. Someone and, else said and, like, and in fact, he, he, he actually opened a club. Now, before people start running with this, I want to say that the chances of Puffy actually being convicted of this are almost zero. If not zero. Almost zero. Damn. So regardless of whether it happened or not, there's no way they're going to pin this on Puffy. And, I mean, the only reason that Keefe is where he is is... He he talked too much. He he did interviews. You know what I'm saying? He, He did interviews. He wrote a book. You know, I remember someone I know talked to, you know, who talks to the lead detective on this. The lead detective said, yeah, it was the, it was all the fucking press that he was doing around it. That was what made us interested in it. Remember how I told you the story about NYPD, how they go and say, okay, this is the media, follow this case. This is the media, follow this case. No one's talking about this. Put it on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Las Vegas PD is doing the same thing. So, yeah. Did Puffy have something to do with it? Based on what I'm hearing... It's a possibility, but since that money never actually got to Keefe D or Orlando, there, there's no paper trail of it. So it doesn't matter at this point. Mm. It just doesn't matter whether he did or not. He's giving money to a person who was not the shooter, so if he actually gave the money at all. Well, according to what Greg Caden said, right, uh, 
the, the act of giving the money, whether it's received or not, the act of putting the money or the bounty up is enough for a conspiracy. It is, but you got to prove that that conversation really happened. Right? So you give you. That's just one person. Okay. Who else was there? Who else is going to get on the stand and say, I was there also and this is what was said? Do you feel guilty that KVD locked up? Because some people try to make it your fault. Uh, I don't feel guilty. He told the same story 19 times on your platform. Right. I don't feel guilty. And the reason is because he wrote a book. He did. Before my interview. That's why I don't feel guilty. Now, if I had just dug this story up on my own and I sat down with him and I got him to confess to a murder that he had never spoken about before and because of my interview, now he's arrested because I uncovered something that everyone was clueless to before, I would have felt bad. But when you write a book and I interview you about what's written in the book, I can't feel guilty about that. He knew what he was doing. He wanted to do it. And ultimately, these are the repercussions of doing that. Going forward in the future, do you ever foresee a time where you might be like, you know, you ask very journalistic questions. Sequential, mm-hmm. you get a timeline of things, you get all the details. Where you might say to someone, hey, listen, before you answer these questions, you might want to consult an attorney. Well, if it's an open case... I probably wouldn't even ask the questions. Really? Yeah. Look at my interview with the baby. He had an open murder case when he did the interview. His first, the, the first and only interview that we did. And I said, you have an open case, so I'm not going to talk about it. You see that lots of times in my interviews. If you have an open case, look, I had a Taxstone interview for six years that I held on to. Didn't put it out. True. Because... <clears throat> I felt that once he was arrested and now there was a a trial that was definitely coming up, I didn't want anything to be used in that interview for his, that could be used against him in that trial. You know what I'm saying? Um, Las Vegas PD had left me multiple phone calls and voicemails trying to get the the footage, the the raw uh, footage from my Keefe D interviews and I've always just ignored them. Because I'm not going to have someone interview and then work against them with the authorities to try to bust them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, Las Vegas PD can't do shit. You know, I have, you know, being part of the media, like I have, there's certain protections that I have with my content that they can't, you know, puncture. So it is what it is. And also you have a lot more free, as long as you don't live in Las Vegas, like they, they have no jurisdiction to kind of like to your arm unless they I try mean, to. I mean, they could, they could try and I'll just lawyer up. I mean, it's happened before. So uh, it's like, yo, hey, like, hey, I'm, hey, I'm going to fight they, over this. They try to do that to me in the X case. Yeah. Which was, that which was, just, it was just, a shit show. Ridiculous, but but yeah. they were like, they wanted, they wanted me to come in to give, to provide, to basically attest to some of the things I've said on stream. And not only that, corroborate some of this rap beef that was going on that they could have an alternate theory of how yeah, he died. Just, and, yeah, you know, I watched stupid, that case pretty uh, closely. Yeah. The judge basically said, hey, listen, he doesn't live in Florida. <laughs> I can't go tell, like, I can't go force him to come up in this court. Yeah. Um, if you compel us with enough great reason, which I guess maybe, like, if they're saying, hey, Vlad, that's the footage, maybe that's enough. But it's like, 
if you compel us with enough great reason, we're going to have to ask a New Jersey court to, to, to go hold them accountable. Yeah, maybe. Man. But at the end of the day, like, and I've said this publicly, if you know my interviews, I release everything. And I don't, you know, if someone has a hot mic, I'll tell the camera person to turn the, to turn the audio off. I just don't do that. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't um, cut it up and only use a little bit. I don't sit there and spy on people or whatever else. Like, it's all out there. Whatever y'all got, if y'all want to yeah. use that, that's on y'all, you know. But but I'm not, I don't have anything else and I'm not going to cooperate and I'm not going to, um, you know, take the stand or whatever else. If, if I'm forced, you know, I mean, I'm not going to go to jail over the shit, you know, I'm saying if I'm compelled, but I don't see them possibly being able to do that and if they do possibly are somehow able to finagle that i'm going to be a hostile witness g herbo uh yeah. recently just came out saying that uh it's very convoluted situation yeah he's accused of basically funding a lot of things in his rap career and the lifestyle he's living which is the rapper lifestyle with stolen credit cards and yeah. using other people's bank accounts but now he's saying that his legit money was also stolen stolen too yeah, he's suing his manager for like forty million or something like that. Yeah, I mean, has G Herbo made forty million? I mean, that that seems like kind of a high number for for G Herbo, and that's not gross. a shot. At G, that's not a shout at G Herbo at no, all. Gross, yes. You think so? And really? So, so, if, so if, he got nothing. He made forty million, and he got nothing. I have a theory about the whole thing. So, I mean, we're not talking about off record sales. I don't think he made forty million off record sales. I think forty million came in through shows, featured everything. Like forty million though, that's a lot. It's not like he's had a thirty year career. I mean He's he's been on honestly for ten years. Yeah. He's put out many different albums, right? Probably got at least ten to fifteen million in advances, right? Okay. All right, maybe no shot at Lil Herb, which yeah, is the way yeah. which is what I've always known him as. Maybe five you know to I mean? ten in shows, he got featured. So w w what I believe is that, hey, listen. This was just all part of the scam, you know? Hey, listen, they were using stolen credit cards to fund your career. Now when your legit money comes, your legit money's cleaning the stolen money. That's how it works. Because they got to put some money down in the books, <laughs> right? It's called money laundering. I mean, I'm sure he's kicking himself because he actually legitimately has a career. He actually legitimately has a fan base. He's got three kids. Why do you think he's... I heard you say that before. Why do you think he's kicking himself? Because why do anything illegal when you can make legal money? Seriously. Why do anything illegal? Okay, okay. The, the, okay. I'm not worried about anyone snitching on me. I don't do anything illegal. Well, I if, pay if my you, taxes. If, if, like, if you I don't, say, I don't rob people. If you say people. like that, obviously there's no retort. But this is, even though he says he's made $40 million, there was a particular point in time that G. Herbo was living a lifestyle that, is, that his own legal money couldn't fund. And the thing is, a lot of rap is that perception, right? So again, if you're with all of these guys who are from Chicago, they all get money, whatever type of way, and they could help you portray this image of this luxurious lit rapper. Again, you know, a lot of people at times, they feel like, okay, listen, y'all do what y'all do. I'm going to be ignorant to it. Listen, in the words of Yo Gotti, I don't fly private because I can't afford it. Okay? I can't afford to fly private. It's too much money. Every time I've looked into it, it was like ridiculous. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, you got to say he can, can afford it? Yeah, no, I can't afford to fly private. You could definitely afford to fly. No, 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 listen. 
yes, I can afford it. I have the money to pay for it. It's a way. It's it's too much money. I want to do it one time. Yeah, I, I want to do it one. Maybe on a birthday, bring all the family out I, I, I one flew, time. One, the one time I flew private, it wasn't even. I mean, it, it was technically, but I was uh, vacationing in this island called Lanai. It's like this, like. Um, Island in Hawaii. What the fuck? You you found a new island? What? Some new shit. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, Larry Ellison, who owns Oracle, he essentially owns the whole island. And there's two Four Seasons on it. There's Nobu's on it, but there's like no, nothing else. And it's like you have to fly into I think Honolulu, and then they arrange for a private plane to take you to that island. That was the first time I flew private. And it was not all as cracked up to be. It was a little scary once we had a little turbulence. And it was, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was it was not as cool as I thought. Granted, this wasn't like a really high-end private plane, but it was, it's not Air Drake or nothing. And, and by but, the way, it, it's so ridiculous how much money, like, rappers, like, waste just to be saying they're living the life. For example, one of the, I think the only times I ever played, I've definitely never paid for private. If I did, I would be very proud of it. Just off, maybe it's a once in a lifetime experience. But six nine is going to huge. He was going to somewhere near the border to perform. Mm -hmm. Right? It's in his rider that they have to pay for this private jet. Okay. Okay. He invites me and a couple other people. The plane could hold, I believe, it was ten, and so ten. The two pilots. And the uh, there's actually a stewardess. Stewardess, yeah. There were two people extra, one including a little girl, which was his girlfriend's daughter, and she was one year over the the limit of the FAA counting her as a, as a yeah. person. He legitimately was on the phone with the broker to rent another another forty thousand dollar jet. To get the two people yeah. that couldn't fit on this jet, <laughs> on that jet. And the whole time I'm thinking, but I'm thinking broke. I'm thinking broke. I'm thinking like, yo, there's like redundant people in the mix. Just buy that person a first class ticket. Right. He'll meet us there. Right. Like this guy's this guy's not even the manager. This guy's the guy that just shows up with you to make the crowd look a little meaty. Pause. You know what I mean? Right. And and the whole time I'm like, we're well, about to spend forty thousand dollars. And and I know that I act my wage. Because when they're coming around, because he calls up this broker and they're like, yo, yeah, we'll have, we could have one landing in 20 minutes, blah, blah. And I'm really sitting there, I'm like, yo, I really want to say to him, like, dog, why are you wasting $40,000? But I'm like, let me shut my broke ass up. And lo yeah. and behold, hear how this goes. Of course, he's not going to pay for it directly. So the first play is paid by the promoter. The second play is going to be paid for by the record label. So when he's still paying for it, no, but, 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 no, no, you're right. No, you're yeah, right. He's no, still no, of course he's just paying for it. from the record label. But rappers usually wonder why they don't see the the, the lump sum of money. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah you're like this. You've been flying private all this time, and you yeah. think you're about to walk into the into the vault with like all the cat. No, no, man. Listen, I mean. I fly from New York to LA all the time. I can get a flight for like first class flight for like fifteen hundred, maybe two thousand at the high end. I, I looked up that private. flight private. It's like sixty to sixty five thousand if you want to go to eight people. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's I mean, 10, 60, like and even even bringing all my family and everything else like that, it's still like you do the math and it's still just way more. You Boos, know what I mean? Boosie just talked about that, didn't he? Uh, I think I'm not it was. Sure. 
Boosie or someone talked about it basically by saying... Boosie doesn't fly private. No, no, no. He showed... Uh, I think it was Boosie. He showed a receipt about the private. And he basically was saying, why the fuck would he fly private? Exactly. He literally showed the receipt and he yeah. said, he said, put it like this. Why the fuck would... He's like, yo, I'm spending my whole front end to fly on, to, fly yeah. to the venue to pick up the back end to get back. Exactly. Well, and, what's, what's and, and he was just basically like, yo, that, this don't make no sense. Right. And then when I say I can't afford it, do I mean I do not have the money? If I put all my money together, I still can't buy it? No, of course I could get a flight. I could get multiple flights. But it makes no sense to me. You know, maybe for a 6'9", it makes some sense because of who he is, he would cause a bit of a ruckus at the airport and on the flight and... God knows what else. Actually, yeah. You know, or maybe I, I even see, not. I, I see a six nine travel in economy. We're a little scheming. I'm serious. But but let me tell you this. You see, that day he was rapper six nine, not six nine that needed to get to New York for his parole officer because he says get here in the fucking morning, right? That was rapper six nine with a million dollars in jewelry, and you have a bunch of people who ain't paying a dime looking at you like. Are you going to do the broke thing? Or are you going to do the, man, get me another private jet. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm watching them, and I really want to say, like, bro, you know, it's okay. Like, it's fine. No, but listen, I, I, when I interviewed Grant Cardone in our last interview. and He, he got had, a private jet. He has a private jet. It's like a whatever, I forgot how much it costs, like $50 million or some some crazy amount. And I told him, I said, do you ever rent it out? He said, no, never. Because he also has a helicopter. Do you ever rent it out? No, never. Yeah, I mean, what not? What's that? Why not? Because he doesn't want people in his plane. Oh, he got it, got it. Well, I mean, listen, I have an apartment in New York that's empty most of the time. I don't Airbnb that shit. You know what I'm saying? If if it gets to the point where I can't afford to keep it, I'll just end the lease. You know, I'll pay out the rest of the lease and I'll be done. Like, I feel like if you need to, if you're trying to support yourself by like lending your shit out constantly, you probably shouldn't even have it. Unless that's your actual business, unless your business is renting out planes, your business is Airbnb. A lot of these are status else. symbols, though. Like you know, right. like but, you know. I mean, I actually told him, I'm like, you know that that these Instagram models actually pay to do photo shoots on these private planes to pretend like they're actually flying private. He was like, I had never heard of this in my life. I'm like, yeah, this is an actual stream of income to people who own planes. Yeah, like like literally, all these girls, those planes are sitting on the ground. They spend a thousand dollars to take. 40 or 50 pictures. 1,500 for, for an hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's how much it costs? Yeah. That's crazy. I never even looked into that. But I'm saying, like, listen, listen you could go, you spend your 1,500. They even let you sit in the cockpit with that one. Yeah, you have, like, four <laughs> or five outfit changes to make it look like these yeah. are all these different trips. You're getting on this plane that's never going to leave the ground and whatever else. Yeah. But Grant Cardone don't give a shit about that. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of hilarious how wasteful sometimes people are. I remember, so young boy... Young boy, uh, his label booked him a jet from Chicago to Louisiana. He said he wanted to do an interview with me. So he told the pilot, land in Philly, right? And I remember, like, him landing in Philly, and the plane basically just sat there on a the tarmac waiting for him to, like, he drove around the city and waited for him to come back to then head to, like, Louisiana. And I remember, I forgot if it was him or someone else around him, and said, yo, this little detour costs forty thousand dollars, and and, I, and 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 that put like so much pressure on me because I'm like, yo, I was forty thousand dollars that important to you? Yeah. 
But I think that's just how certain people fly. Like again, maybe they're dealing with a lot more money. To um, NBA YoungBoy got a lot of money. Yeah, he do man. a lot. Look at look at how many plaques. Have you ever seen these pictures of how many plaques he has? No, he it's insane. And you, if you think about it, he spends like zero in marketing. That is true, right? There's no NBA YoungBoy commercials. There's no big budget music videos. There's no like. And he's he's on he's house on arrest ninety nine percent of the time. So he's he not on spends house money. arrest anyways. Like he has a ton of money. He he's. I feel like everyone secretly wants NBA Youngboy's career. Hey, let me say this. And, and uh, hopefully, you know, sometimes his fans get, like, super defensive over him. But hopefully nobody gets mad about me sharing the story. I'm on the phone with him one time. And I think it was his mom or, like, his manager was calling in. And they basically were bugging him while I'm on the phone with him. And, like, he was clicking over, coming back, blah, blah, blah. And I guess, like, because he wasn't answering, someone walks into the room. And it was for him to approve a purchase of like a six point three million dollar like house, and he was just like, "Just do it!" And I was just like, "Yo, who does that?" <laughs> like, I was like, "Who does?" Like, like he, actually, he didn't just say that. He actually was just like, "Yo," he's like, "Tell me about it." And it was just like the person told him like literally ten to fifteen seconds to just do it. And I was just like, "Yo, that's money." It's money, and it's also someone who just got money and doesn't really understand the importance of it yet. Mm. They got it. They got it very quickly. They're yeah. very young. They come from a family that has no idea. I think no he would have been idea. buying it for like either one of his family, like his family too. Right, but, but what I'm still. saying is it's like it's coming fast. You're very young. You don't have a family with experience on how to handle money. He doesn't understand investments and everything else like that. Like, like me and Boosie recently had a conversation about stocks. You know what I'm saying? And, and to prove my point while I'm talking to him, I got little Bibby on the phone and Bibby's getting that back. Yeah, and and Bibby basically was telling him how he invested after I had that conversation with him and how well he's done and everything else like that just to show you that show Boosie that I have a track record of giving, you know, not good advice because I don't give financial advice, but just saying, "Hey, this is how I've done it and you could duplicate it yourself by using a similar fashion." You know what I'm saying? And I never want anything out of this. You know what I mean? I'm not in the middle of this. I'm just telling you how I did it and you could go off and do it on your own. In the same way that I told you about it and you went off and did it on your mm-hmm. own. You know what I mean? But like, <clears throat> as long as Boosie has been making money, he's never ever invested in the stock market. Really? Yeah. And and I had explained to him that when you look at this these Forbes lists, 99% of the wealth that comes from the people on this list is not their salary, it's their investments. And most of it is in stocks, whether stock in their own company or stocks that they purchase in other companies. You know what I'm saying? No, so, young boy don't know, but I, I, I'm pretty sure young boy does not invest in the S and P 500 himself, yeah, or has spent not. time yeah, yeah, l- learning about it. You know, does he have a financial advisor that maybe has put some money in? Probably, but you also there hasn't been an NBA player that I've interviewed that hasn't been ripped off by a financial advisor. That was the shocking part of when I interviewed Dirk. Dirk said, yo, yo, I basically had to get a grip of my financial situation because I didn't want to keep asking someone, yo, I need a, yo, I want to buy that Cullinan. Could I do it? And he, he said he had zero idea. And then he realized people yeah. took money or money was missing. Right. And... I do, I do things get dangerous when you become so detached from the actual money coming in versus the expenses going out. So mm-hmm. these business managers and even tax accountants are basically kind of giving you 
what their interpretation of it is. And sometimes they're also talking to you in their own best interest or just like sometimes you're neglecting, like you're neglecting what's actually going on. Yeah. I don't have a financial advisor. I handle my own finances. I handle my own investments. I watch my own bank accounts. I watch my own investment accounts. I know how much my company makes every month, every year, and every year for the last 10 years. I, I could, you know, I could forecast. I could, you know what I mean? Yes, I have a CFO. Yes, I have a billing person. You know, yes, I, I could call up my investment firm and, and ask them questions and stuff like that. But ultimately, when it comes to my money, I know exactly how much I have and where, where it's going and where it's coming from and so forth. Uh, I had a financial advisor for about a year uh, with, my, with the financial firm that I use, and I said, I'm good. I'm cool. I, I'd rather have it in my own control mm. because um, it, it gets too dangerous when other people are handling it and you don't really know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like... Kind of like what you said, I, I think that, that one of the, you know, Joe Smith's wife, one of the things that she just kept saying was that he just doesn't pay attention. Stuff is happening, you know, you, the whole Moni Slaughter situation. There's a girl who wrote a, it was like 10 checks totaling $109,000 that she wrote. The, the signatures don't match up, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, he couldn't even get the money back because... Should he go to jail? No, because uh, the prosecution, you know, the... You know, the police just wouldn't, they, they said it was just a he say, she say thing and they couldn't prove. Because she was saying, no, no, he was giving me the checks and saying, go ahead and spend them. And he's only canceling it now because we broke up. You know, she's telling a, a different story and they're like, there's just not enough here to prosecute. So you're going to have to just take this L. But he could have probably caught that a lot earlier. Yeah. Had he been like, the fuck? He could have caught it at the first check. You know, the, the check, it was a $109,000 check. It was like a bunch of checks, like 10000 here, 12000 here, whatever else, from what I understand. And, and it's like, he could have caught that at the first check, <clears throat> but he didn't. You don't pay attention, someone else is paying attention. That's a fact. Yeah, someone else is, if you don't know how much money you have, there is someone who does know exactly how much money you have. Uh, and I, they're I, in a I, position I, to, to, to skim. It, it, it happens a lot together. I, I remember uh, Steve, Steve Harvey kind of described how that kind of got done to him. Yeah. Right? It happens to a lot of people, man. It happens to a lot of people. Because just because you're a great entertainer doesn't mean that you're good with money. You're a great entertainer. Yeah. Then, That's it. You entertain. That's what you have all your focus on. You're not the finance guy. Sometimes you are. Most times you're not. Jay-Z seems like he has pretty good head on his shoulder when it comes to finances. Not everyone's Jay-Z. That's a fact. You know? Hmm. Yeah, no, no. Hey, listen, watching how, uh, like, I've had these conversations about money with uh, ours, but, but even even going back to the whole, like, DJ MV season opinion shit, I remember even saying to, like, fans, I'm like, yo, listen, not because someone's rich means they know how to make money or, or no, no, know how to invest money or whatever right. the case. Do you get what I mean? Like, like yeah, they're, they, they're good at one skill that makes money, yeah. but it doesn't mean that they know how to, Use that money to make more money. I mean, anybody. I've always realized, I realized this a long time ago. The difference between rich and poor is your ability to have your money make more money. 
I don't care how much money you make. If you, you could be making half a million or a million dollars a year, but if you're spending it as soon as you get it and it's not making more money for you, once that salary stops, the income stream stops, you are fucked. If you know how to live below your means, if you're making a million and you're putting 300 aside every year, year after year, and it's investing and it's growing and it's compounding, when that million stops, you're sitting on seven, eight, nine, ten million, and you're okay. You figure out what the next step is, you know. And there's nothing to have a financial base, especially when it's millions of dollars. You're not going to be as worried. You're not going to be making dumb decisions. You're not going to be spending money on stupid shit because you know, hey, listen, I, I could, I could buy this. 500,000 Rolls Royce or I could put this 500,000 in the stock market and three, four years down the line, it might be a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas the Rolls Royce is now worth 200,000. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's an $800,000 difference. And I could just lease the Rolls Royce. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have to buy it um, if that's what I really want. So, unless you know how to invest. And a lot of times it's not even that hard. Even like my whole 401k is just the S&P 500. And it's been doing great over the last 15 years. Friend, you don't do individual stocks, do you? I do. Oh, but when really, like you see you're mostly S&P 500. I'm not. In my 401k I am. Mm. But I mean, in terms of my portfolio, I own, I'll, I'll tell you, like it's not, it's, you know, elaborate thing. Like I own, uh, Tesla, Google, and Amazon. Really? Just th three stocks. Three? Because those are three companies that I'm intimately familiar with. I've owned uh, four Teslas already. I use Amazon every day. I use my whole company's built on Google, you know, down to YouTube being my main income stream. Like, I know these companies very intimately. And uh, I feel like I'd have a good idea if I saw them go into decline mm. as opposed to like, oh, here's this new chip manufacturer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, like, I don't know what, if it goes up or down, I have no idea. I don't, I don't, you yeah, know, no, no, know, I, know this field. I, I take some risk like that. Yeah. Like, like, but, that's, but, but, but my, my investment style is not the best. Yeah, it's yeah. just my investment style. It's what I'm comfortable with. Cause really investment is really more about emotion than anything else. You have to learn how to emotionally look at your stock portfolio and have it be down $100,000 that day and not freak the fuck out. And to actually put more money into, into these investments. Because that's when the real money is made. When you invest when things are down and you get it cheaper and then the market recovers and all those investments are now worth 20, 30% more. That's, that's where the real money is made. And over my last you know, whatever, 13 years of investing, that's what I've been doing consistently. Now, it goes against natural, your natural fear in your body where like you see your portfolio drop, you just want to get out and take your wins and never look back. But that's not how real investment works. So it's really the emotion. So, so I invest in companies because I know how to emotionally deal with those stock prices going down. Like my Amazon was down for like multiple years, but it's like, all right, it's Amazon. I'm, I'm cool with that. It's Amazon. I use it every day. The service is great. There is no number two that's even close to this company. 
and I can emotionally buy more Amazon as it's going down and, and those investments will go up 30, 40% over time. But for other people, it's like, yo, I, I, I want to roll the dice on here and I want to get some crypto and I want to yeah. potentially 10 times my, my thing here and I want to do stock options and I want to buy short and, you know, and, and there's lots of different ways you could do it and some of those people do way better than me, you know, and some of those people end up like FTX and they go to prison. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah, his different ways to do it. That Sam Bankman free or yeah, he Sam just got convicted, yeah. guilty, facing 115 years. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it, he's not going to do that. Like, hey, I've he said about like real high level financial crime, man. Like that Caesar dude. Like I've been asking a theoretical question, and I'm asking. Obviously, I'm not advocating people do crime at all, but it's like, you know, like if if you go. If you and your homies with a ski mask and an AK-47 run up in a mom and pop store and try to rob the, the cash register that has $150, you're facing 30 years. Yeah. You're probably going to do at least 15. You yeah. know what I mean? You got a gun involved. This this is violent. This yeah. is all type of things Someone happening. Someone gets shot. Like, you, you know, it gets even worse. You scam about $40 million, people, $40 million out of people from Jersey, and you're probably going to get less than 10. Like, that's well, what you're you, 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 could, you could say that, but look at Bernie Madoff. Yeah, but... Look at Bernie Madoff. Ain't, ain't, he's not at that level yet. No, but but the FTX guy is actually bigger than Bernie Madoff in terms of like the amount of money they got stolen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, it's bigger than Enron. Yeah, but but generally, just white collar uh, financial crimes. Just I, I, this is why I watch mo- like you know obviously I'm not encouraging crime, but this is why I watch movies like you know like Heist or something like that. If, if you're ever gonna do some dumb shit and do like a crime. Like, just don't, like, do the shit that at least yeah. you get the most out of for what the penalty's gonna be. Like, or better yet, just don't do crime. Yeah, well, that? that's <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some people can't help like, themselves. The, well, no, everyone can help themselves. People just choose to make decisions. Like, you know what I mean? Unless you're a kleptomaniac and you just can't help stealing shit off everything, you know what I'm saying? Um, but everyone can help themselves. And when you look at, you know, like, someone working at McDonald's over time will do financially better than someone who buys kilos of cocaine ends up doing 30 years in prison because during those 30 years you're making nothing whereas the person mcdonald's is still making money every year gets promoted to manager you know maybe a district manager blah 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 and you know where is that person sitting in a fucking cell doing nothing so if you really look at it long term yeah and you know i mean I, i saw this one video recently where this guy's like in your 40s and 50s, you'll make like 10 times more than you make in your 20s. And that's just normal. Because by then, you've figured out how to make money. You have connections. You, 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 you have investments. You're your financial peak. Yeah, you're your financial peak. So don't think like, you know, like when you look at these kids in their 20s. I, I remember when I posted up the Boosie uh, estate video. And, and someone's like, yo, I'm 21 now. You know, I'm going to get one of these in three years. And it's like, you're probably not. And I had to respond, like, you know something? Why don't you plan on getting one of these in maybe 20 years? Because that's more realistic. You're probably not going to get what Boosie got in their 20s. He couldn't get in his 20s. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? So look at it realistically. It's a long haul. It's a, it's a long journey, and it takes a while. Because in your 20s, you're also, like, start, you know, starting a career and then saying, fuck it, it's not for me. You know, by your 40s and 50s, you've established what you want to do. Like, I'm not planning on switching careers from flat TV for the rest of my life. Like this is what I'm doing and this is what I plan on continuing to do. Um, 
But in your 20s, it's like, nah, fuck it. I want to I want to be an artist now. Like, oh, I want to be, you know, I want to be a rapper. <laughs> you know, yeah. fuck this interview shit. You know, and no one can convince you otherwise because you're following your dreams. Like, you have to look, most millionaires are in their 60s. Most millionaires. When you look at millionaires across the country, the majority of them are in their 60s. So stop looking at the at the NBA young boys as your role model because you're probably not going to do that. If Vlad, man, no matter how much you give good financial advice, man, <laughs> they're, you're they're still going to have four fucking dummies go rob uh, a very talented person like X, all to break down the money, $15,000. Yeah, and go to jail hours. forever. Yes, yes. And go to jail forever. Yes, unfortunately. Unfortunately, unfortunately. this is how it is. And, um, you know, when you're, a bu- when the, you're the, in your the, 20s, the, the, you the get a bunch of... The culture emphasizes, you know... Um, Fast money. Like, I, I'm actually about to have Money Man in here um, not too long. Yeah, and, I, I spoke to him also, actually. Yeah, and if you think about Money Man, like, he's one of the guys who, like, obviously the name sounds a little bit like, okay, we know what you're talking about. But he, he's a guy, like, he's making songs about crypto, investing. Yeah. Like, like he's about making the money, yeah. but just not by doing it like, yo, yeah, I'm on the block. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just trapping. I'm, nah, he's, he's, he's telling you, like, hey, listen. I'm going to get to the money the legal way, but I'm going to also take advantage of everything around it. So I like people like that, man. Yeah, I, I do too, which is why I've been wanting to do an interview with him for a while. He actually reached out to me. Yeah, we're supposed to do an interview with him soon. So yeah, He, didn't, he didn't finish his album. That was, that was the issue we had. We, we had a date set, but then he was like, yo, he called me. He's like, yo, man, I'm still at the studio finishing this album. So mm. I got you. Yeah, man, listen, it, it's, it's money, man. People think, oh, you know, is it just all about money? I mean, you need money to do what you want to do in this life. And, and once you get anyone say that money doesn't change you hasn't made enough money yet because it does change you it, it changes you you Word become more calm cent, I he said that yeah but you, you you become you start making better decisions you start thinking more long term you know um you, you bad situations in life don't throw off everything you know because you have a financial base and, and you need to have that yeah. uh you, you know and there's, there's no way around this no, I agree with you. All right, man. Like, I know I know you, you got to go catch a flight soon. Yeah. I got to go catch a flight. Um, listen, this has just been another installment, another episode of, you know, me and Vlad. Uh, you guys see us oscillate. We go back and forth. I do his platform. He does mine. Mm-hmm. You know, we just always have some great conversation. You know, not yep. only is the conversation. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you this. For anybody who wants to get into media, these are the conversations you should, should be soaking up. Like, again, I'm telling you, there was a moment in time where I was you, I was sitting home figuring out how do I get here and how do I, you know, and, you know, people don't share a lot of information. I watched this guy give a lot of jewels out and and I try to make it my mission to give a lot of jewels out right now, yeah. too. you know, so if you're watching me and you're wondering, damn, maybe you're from South Dakota or you're from Montana or you're from Idaho somewhere and you're like, how the heck could I build a platform? How the hell could I, you know, make my voice matter? Just listen to the people who are already in the space. Yeah, you know this new media thing is really, uh, you know, it's 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 happening. You know, I just did some uh, interview recently, and they were asking me about the, hey, how do you guys feel about not getting awarded? And I'm like, I mean, it makes sense to me. Uh, hmm. Why would the people who are losing viewers in real estate, you know, um, award the people who are gaining? It doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, if my business is to gain more subscribers and and for the last five to ten years I'm losing subscribers, why the hell would I go acknowledge 
that I'm losing it and now award the person who's taking it. Just doesn't make sense. So, you know, you know, after a while, man, what you're probably going to see uh, sooner or later, can't tell you when yet, but, you know, definitely conversations is happening. Hey, if you guys want something from the culture of the culture and it's going to be uh, actual accurate to what's going on in the culture, you know, instead of complaining about it, we got to do it ourselves. So yeah, we, you know, we just can't get on the phone. <laughs> I'm ready to get on for any time. I'm ready. To, listen, we, I, we've, been, we've been trying, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we just got to get some more coordination going on. But let me tell you this, man. Uh, for everybody in independent media, whether it's, you know, uh, my man Sean Cotton, me and him, we're going to do something soon. Nice. Um, obviously, my man DJ Vlad, you know what I mean? He's like the godfather of all of this. You know, my man Adam22. Mm -hmm. uh, no matter what you might think about Adam, you know, Adam has an amazing independent platform. Um mm -hmm. Shoot, even even, even Jason um, Jason Lee. There's a lot of there's a lot more movement happening with people with their own platforms, and I don't think the pendulum swings swings back the other way where these big corporations get to set the narrative and dictate it. If anything, now they're going to just be aggregators of what we put out. So I'm just excited for what we got going on. Yeah, and I feel like what the, all the people you mentioned like we're the we're the blueprint of how you should do it how everyone works together, no one sees each other as competition. Yeah. Because there's enough eyeballs to go around. And we could all do better working together and doing each other's platforms and sharing our audiences with each other yeah. and uh, you know, supporting ourselves and also congratulating ourselves hey. in, in, with our wins. Hey, by the way, another thing, and I'll, I'll say this for any young content creator, because, you know, I spent about pretty much the, the greater half of a decade doing a lot of solo content. Let me tell you this. the It's not about if you do content by yourself or you collaborate. Sometimes people don't want to collaborate because they feel like they already got, like, some type of momentum. Make the best content. And sometimes the best content is collaboration. Yeah. Right? You know, sometimes, you know, it, it might be three or four people who you might not see like having that chemistry just in a room, but they all are talented and it's great content. And sometimes it might be, okay, well, I never knew that. Uh, if, if you had told me this, like, I don't know. Well, I feel like you've been doing interviews with Boosie forever, but like even Tony, yeah, it was like, if you had told me that you guys would have had like the best chemistry and yeah. you would have done what you've done for his career, I would have been like, hell no. Yeah. I mean, Yayo called me the other day. He, the only reason why you haven't seen Yayo, on flat TV. He's touring. It's because he's touring. <laughs> Wait, he's going crazy. Yeah, oh, oh, you and Yale are beefing? No, we're not beefing. He's touring. He's doing a huge tour. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and you see, for example, like, you know, relationship is such an important thing. Think about the fact that Lloyd Banks and Young Buck should have been on that tour. But they're not. Were they not on the tour? No. I swear they were. No. Well, I, I, I knew, no. Um, I knew um, Young Uncle Murder is on the fucking tour. Oh, shit. And he's not even part of the whole original G-Unit situation. Damn. Tony Yayo is on the tour because him and 50 are still close. Why Lloyd Banks ain't on Because him and 50 don't get along. And, you know, Young Buck, same thing. Him and 50 are not in a good space. So why would 50 bring them on his tour? It's not a G-Unit tour. It's a 50 Cent tour. Think about how much money they would make. Think about how many new fans they would get. Think about all the Gina songs that they would perform and all the streams would go up and everything else like that. Like seeing 
the four G unit, original G unit members together, performing, playing off each other, everything else like that would be awesome. But because the relationship isn't there and 50 doesn't have to bend over backwards because he's, it's really, everyone's there to see him anyways, just to keep it 100, yeah. right? It's not like having those two would have made a big difference in records, you know, in uh, ticket sales or whatever else, right? Just to be totally honest. But the fact that, you know, and so young, but I mean, sorry, Lloyd Banks is putting out a $100 mixtape instead. Yeah. I'm sure he would have made way more going on tour with 50 than this $100 mixtape, which may or may not sell. I mean, it worked for Nipsey. I don't know if it's going to work for Lloyd Banks or not. I don't think so. Who knows? With all due respect to Banks, man. <laughs> Who knows? You know, but like even with me and Lloyd Banks, it's like he's mad at me over like a, a tweet from like five years ago. And that's why you haven't seen him on Vlad TV or whatever else. It was like he was mad over some tweet that was slightly mislabeled and he DM me all angry. And I'm like, hey, oh, this I forgot to ask you. Why the hell Fat Joe just randomly shoot at you like that? What did he say exactly? He said that. Yo, uh, Fat Joe's just like, yo, we, we really got to start start really looking into why people are going on Vlad TV and they're always getting indicted or something like that. Like, uh, like you don't got nothing to do with Fat Joe. Scapegoat uh, shit. Like, they were like, yeah, we got to blame somebody today. I, I don't know. Uh, I've had Fat Joe on since before Vlad TV. When I was doing DVDs, he's been on Vlad TV. Um, I have a lot of respect. I when I see I have a lot of rappers, I have a lot of respect for Fat Joe. Like I'm not, I'm not going to be beefing with Fat Joe on any level. Uh, I think Fat Joe is is smart, and I think he understands what it is. You know, what I'm saying I think the Keefe D thing has gotten to such a, a high sort of volume level. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying that people are somehow thinking that it's my interview that put him where he is. You yeah. know, what I'm saying. Um, Un until you actually dig into the story and realize that you wrote a book and it was confession tape, else like that, and uh, I mean, and ultimately, if you are interviewing people who are continuing to do crimes, they are going to, you know, there's a reasonable chance that they'll get caught and go to jail after that interview. It's not because of the interview; it's because of the crimes that they're doing, you know. And and Joe knows that, and um, you know, I think, uh, I mean, I, I heard something about that. I haven't actually seen the actual interview, but I think Joe knows that, and um, but. If we ever have a conversation, you know, Fat Joe respectfully, and I see that I see what you said about Vlad. Um, you're way too smart and astute to even um, like just make an ignorant comment that Vlad or his platformers interviews are sending people to jail. Like you, like you're way too smart for that. Like again, this is somebody who I've listened to a lot, and I and I, and I feel like he was just hitting the low level, low hanging fruit. So, you know, listen, it is what it is. Uh, Joe hasn't been on my platform in a long time, um, so I'm not sure where our relationship is uh, at this point. I mean, if he says that, probably not in the best place. But you know, Joe Joe's a legend of what he does, man, and uh, he's able to, you know sort of parlay his career into hosting major award shows now, and I'm sure he gets booked a lot and anything else like that. I don't think Joe needs Vlad TV, so, you know, sometimes you can, you catch some stray shots from, from that type of thing, but but Joe Joe is smart. Like, Joe is an intelligent guy, and I'm sure that if he really thinks about it or he has a conversation with me, I don't think he's going to stand behind that statement, ultimately. But, you know, exactly. shout, out, shout out to Joe, man. I mean, it is, it is what it is. Um, Joe's never went to jail from doing a Vlad TV interview. You know what I'm saying? He's done multiple ones. Exactly. And, and we've talked about some shit in some of these interviews. You know what I'm saying? But 
It, it is what it is. Shout Can't out to win them Joe. all, man. Can't win them all. Can't uh, win them all. You're not going to get universal love, man. You're just going to keep doing your thing, and you're going to keep putting out this content daily. Some of it does well. Some of it doesn't. But the next day, there's a whole new batch of stuff that comes out. And uh, that's that's the way I've been running my company for 15 years. Yeah. All right, man. Vlad, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My pleasure. Uh, the next time you guys will see me, you'll see me on his platform. We'll be yeah. doing another interview, maybe in a month, maybe in a couple of weeks. Might be tomorrow. Who knows? Who knows? Thank you all for watching, man. Another episode of Off The Record Podcast. It's been your boy, DJ Academics, with DJ Vlad. See you all next time. Peace.